Salawa. Hello, Internet. <laughs> it's Sunday, 22nd of September, I guess. I always forgot what month it was. Um, it's a podcast called The Saladcast. I'm here, Zachary Burgess. Robert's here, Robert Kemp. Hello! And Danny was not here. <laughs> Dan is not here. Dan is out doing... I've forgotten what he's doing. <laughs> I think he's, doing, he's doing something. I think he's doing something vaguely interesting. <laughs> something more important than recording a podcast on a Sunday. Yeah. But in fairness, but, you, might, you might argue my, I might have been in Yeah, in fairness, we're barely recording this podcast, yeah. apparently. Yeah. It's been a busy week. <laughs> been a busy week. I've been, I did a 10-mile race and then went to Amsterdam the following day. That was, that was mad. <laughs> At least you got the sit down for some number of hours in the transition of going to Amsterdam, I guess. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was some amount of legs not needing to be active, which actually probably made things worse, thinking about it. It was kind of fine while I was still moving on Monday, and then the moment I stopped... Was it a flight? It was a flight, yeah. Because that's probably not actually good for your veins, is it? Low pressure. No, someone I work with actually got DVT the other day, so, you know. <laughs> not from Amsterdam or any of that <laughs> particular thing. That happened before it. Uh, but yeah, that's a thing. It still exists. <laughs> we haven't solved that problem we yet. Solved it, no. Apparently, <laughs> weirdly, he apparently had DVT before he got on the flight. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, some people just get that. Yeah, susceptible. I mean, let's be honest. We're probably very susceptible to it from sitting in front of computers for large periods of time yeah, in our th- whole life. You'd think. <laughs> I mean, you're getting less though with your running. You'd that hope. should help. You'd hope. In theory, it is making my back feel better. So I will talk about how my back is less painful these days thanks to potentially running i can tell you that i definitely have fucking terrible circulation in my feet, in feet. as you can tell by the fact that my feet get really cold sometimes in hmm. at night you see mine yeah mine, I, mine, I, I, mine used to be like that i used to have the coldest extremities known to man yeah but i'm all right now yep that'll be the running probably yeah. <laughs> I'm all right now. Just got this huge A button callus to get rid of on my thumb. <laughs> Gamer injuries. Yeah. It's massive. I haven't had the one on my little finger for a long time now. It's, well, actually, it still feels slightly different, but it's not like noticeable any longer. I mean, I've had it since I was playing Celeste, and I, can't, I just can't get it to go. Like, look, at, look at how gross that is. That is a bad one. It's bad, man. It's because you, you're hitting it with the little, like the angle of your thumb, where the skin is already slightly different. Yeah, it's on the crease. You're not on the padding. Like if I bend it, my thumb now doesn't <laughs> crease where, where that thing is. You're holding the controller wrong. <laughs> I know. I, well, I've been trying you're to doing sh- it wrong. I have been trying to shift it so like it's less on less on the thumb crease. And as we well know from all of our YouTube videos, Rob is the master of clench. <laughs> I am the master of clench. Yeah, I. I, I, I feel the moment of the game too much <laughs> and so it expresses itself through my hand muscles and you can routinely hear it through voice chat <laughs> you can hear rob playing games via the power of his sticks making noise and falling off the sticks yeah that that happens <laughs> falling off the sticks until i say i got it on rocket league yep <laughs> it's quite the fall in fairness because i've had to hit it twice <laughs> yes it's like a double fledge that's weird that is weird so yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hugely recommend. Well, unless you do it a lot, in which case you're probably used to it. But doing a run, then having a bit of a rest, then spending all day on your feet at a convention, and then having a bit of a rest. Because <laughs> <laughs> that second that second rest was worse than the first rest. Mm. It was like I was I was hurting. I was hurting bad, but I conveniently booked a day off work for that, so I could just be like, I'm just going to casually sit here. Okay. 
So 10 miles is hard. But not as hard as I thought it was. No, I was sure. Eight miles was fine, as it turns out. <laughs> Those last two miles, what an ass. And well done to everyone who was running Great East Run today. So I, I, get, went, I went and cheered a few of you on. I guess we've already got like another five years and then you'll do a marathon. <laughs> God, I, I'm, st- I'm still not sure I'll do a marathon, but I'm probably going to do a half soon. I'm, I'm, I think I'm ready for a half. Well, that is only three more miles. Yeah. <laughs> Technically. Only. Ish. Every mile hurts at that point. Oh, yes. I think I'm ready. I think I'll do it. Broken Rob. Well, there'll be new levels of Broken Rob. Actually, in fairness, I don't think I was quite as broken after this one <laughs> compared to when I did my first 10k. That was, that was insanely broken. I did not throw Well, <laughs> well... You did nearly throw up. I mean, that's not strictly true. <laughs> I threw up before we started. <laughs> Why? I, I'm not quite sure. Like, I, I think it's Justin's fault, my mate Justin, who took us to get, have a McDonald's. He, want, he wanted an egg. Immediately before the run? Well, not immediately. <laughs> we, we were getting there pretty okay. early because we were lifting someone who was marshalling, so they had to be there early to sort themselves out. So we were just hanging about for a while, and he thought... And he was like, I'm going to get so hungry before before we actually get started. I'm getting an egg McMuffin. And I was like, no, I'll be, I'll, I'll be fine. Until we actually pulled up at McDonald's and it was like, oh, you know what? That smells very good. <laughs> I love a McMuffin. And then you threw up for it. So apparently not good. Well, I sort of, it wasn't a full vomit. No. It was like just a little bit in my mouth. You know, enough to feel chunks <laughs> floating around in there, but not anywhere convenient. So I had to swallow it back. Well, that's like, fairly significant. It's, it's gross enough. Yeah. And that was <laughs> that was before the race had even begun. While we were walking to the start line, <laughs> I'm just I was sitting there going in my mouth. It's great. It was pretty. Gr- but the moment we started, I was fine. Mm-hmm. The quiz had passed. The quiz. And that's the, that's the worst I've had it for a long time. I used to get the quiz a lot, like yeah. almost every. Weirdly, before runs again, like the walk to a run, is <laughs> where I get queasy. The anticipation. Or <laughs> well, last night's McDonald's, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's entirely always tied to McDonald's. <laughs> no. Mm. I can't I can't prove any kind of food pattern with me. And vomit. <laughs> there's, no, there's no hard and fast rule. Mm. Did wonder for a bit if I had some sort of IBS going on. Okay. But then every time I think that it sort of goes away for a bit. It's like, oh no, I've been it's like it it's been spotted. <laughs> so it disappears. It's like it's like some kind of weird placebo effect where you notice it and then it's like, no, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Shepard's like they've seen us and everyone going, Oh, we better get out of the way. <laughs> Shepard's seen us. They've seen us. <laughs> so so I had one less quiz. Yep. <laughs> On a scale of quiz, one less. <laughs> Whatever the queen scale is. <laughs> well, vomit leaving mouth. is <laughs> obviously the top end. It's clearly one more than vomit in mouth. <laughs> Only one? <laughs> Only one, yeah. There's no gradation to that scale in between those Well, no, two. because like a little bit coming out would be one more. Like You could have a would lot come out, and that might be several more. <laughs> well, okay. There'd be like vo- volume out. Could I feel like the this scale might not be a straight line, though. No, probably not. What like it like the, if there's multiple like the, like if the there's multiple scale. different tiers after the vomit has started coming out then that like what what there's only like two <laughs> options before that isn't yeah, there? It might, but it might be a t- like a tiny dribble as, <laughs> as opposed to like well I mean projectile must be a few levels higher than just coming out 
I don't know what what the strict difference is between a lot of vomit and projectile vomit. Really, I just, it's like more or less the same thing, isn't it? I thought projectile like I had to like have an arc to it. Like if I angled my head up forty five degrees, sure. But like, <laughs> isn't that only just because you'd be in that position that that would happen? Like, do you uh, do you really notice the force of your vomit when you're vomiting downwards? That's a good point, actually. <laughs> and but yeah, it could just be entirely gravity at that point. But there must be a reason why there's just vomit and there's a whole other phrase, projectile vomiting. Well, I mean, I guess it is possible to vomit not sufficiently to for it to become projectile. Like, yeah. it's, it's a small amount. It in, can in, just leak. In the same way that in medical terms, you could describe a form of diarrhea as volcanic. I don't know if that's, which, which I I love. Don't know if that's a medical term. Um, at the very least, it was in like a school textbook, so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> Great school textbook. Yeah, well, in fairness, that's many, many years ago now. <laughs> and that excuses it. Yeah. It was as acceptable in the 80s, <laughs> as the song goes. <laughs> I was in school in the 80s. Well, you were for like oh, maybe for some, one some, year. Some form of preschool, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was acceptable in the 80s to have organic diarrhea, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> we got, we're past that now, though. Society has moved on. Yes, now let's move on. <laughs> from that terrible bit of the, vom- the vomit cast I want to bring up the uh, the return of the most important section of our random section kitchen bitchin yep it's Zach versus kettles <laughs> oh god what's happened to your kettle now we're back I thought you had a good one we did and then it then the it, it broke in a specific way that's not related to the actual kettle part of the kettle the lid the button that opened the lid jammed oh so it's like <laughs> apart from that it still totally works but you just can't open it but you can't open it so, so like, you just like use the spout yeah for a while we were putting the water in the spout but the trouble is that that's just going to lead to live scale build up because mm. you can't get all the shitty live scale that's in there out that gradually builds up over time so it's yeah. like okay we have to get rid of this kettle but not like immediately so we had it for like a month more after that could you not like find a way to fit you know you're a bit of a mechanical guy there's not really anything to, to do like we i tried wedging a knife in the, under the lid and seeing if i could just lever it open to see if i then if there was something to fix but i couldn't even get it to pop up oh you don't know where the catch is but it's like the button you push down and then it must like withdraw a you know pokey thing yeah bit that attaches it but it just like the button doesn't even move at all so it's completely locked up oh and now we just can't you can't get anything couldn't apply enough force to the lid to get it open without oh. presumably just breaking the whole thing sure <laughs> So that that kettle died eventually from that, but not from like the kettle part of the kettle. <laughs> but then when I come home to see a new kettle, which is of course a very shiny metal cylinder, and I'm like, do you not remember what happened last time? Why we had a pla- white plastic kettle that we swapped for one that you brought for the charity shop <laughs> because of the previous one. And it's like, the answer to that question was no. They, they didn't remember. But then what happened was I came downstairs later on. The front door to the front room was open. I made the first cup of tea I'd made with this new kettle and I hear out of from behind me the door to the front room being closed yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and to which I have to just walk over there open the door lean through and just be like I told you so <laughs> <laughs> these kettles are too loud <laughs> it's like it's exactly the same problem as we had last time do you think it's just specifically metal kettles have the like sound issue then yeah well I mean I don't know what actually caused it but it does seem to be a trend 
it's very <laughs> noticeable because it's like Kettle tropes for some reason like it happens right at the start of the boil and then sort of fades away like it makes that really loud hissing kind of sound right at the start which isn't like that's not the water boiling because it's not boiling at that point it's just like some other Something. weird interaction like the lime scale on the bottom cracking yeah up. or some like or micro boiling i guess or something micro boiling it's just like that seems to be the thing that is severely amplified in metal kettles hmm. so yeah now we've got a bad kettle again it's actually a really, it's just a bad design kettle anyway, because it's hella cheap kettle. How is it? Like, it doesn't even have a fucking water level indicator on it. It's just a solid metal cylinder. Huh. So you don't even know how much water's in it. Okay, that's odd. You have to open it up and look at the top. I mean, that's a right. rare, like, old school kettle. Yeah. I don't. Hmm. Even the cheapest kettle you would think would have that feature, but so it doesn't. So it's full on, is it a full on electric with the base then, or is yeah. it something you have to put on your Argo? Right? No. Or lack thereof, or whatever yes, we've got no, now. we don't. Yeah. It's just a regular-ass, incredibly cheap kettle from Tesco's. <laughs> okay. Apparently. <laughs> Blame Tesco's. I so I don't know how I long I expected that, even from, like, a supermarket. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have thought anyone would have bothered to make one without a water indicator it's nowadays. Weird. Yeah, it's like, what is Who came up with that design? It's odd. It's like, so where, where is the max level, then? Uh, yeah, kettle. it just doesn't even have the indicators or anything. How 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 how, how high, high should you go? go? I I mean, who really cares about the maximum level indicator in kettles? I mean, often much lower than they need to be, but that <laughs> well, or, or are they? I guess it's to stop it from just randomly coming out like on ones where the spouts like three yeah. quarters of the way up to stop it from just going blah, 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 out the front. Yes, as we experienced with your previous kettle. That's <laughs> only if you fill it fill it past the max. Yes, but like don't go past the max. That that was a badly designed kettle as well. Is something wrong with a Morphe Richards kettle? <laughs> there were several things wrong with that one. <laughs> oh, okay, we had to take out the live scale filter because it broke, but <laughs> but it was fine. Well, it got a bit old. Yeah, it that got, too. And, and and it actually did start leaking eventually. Yep, but it lasted a long time, <laughs> like. Like, too long. Like, six or seven years. Like you should have got rid of it way before it reached no. that point. <laughs> it's fine. Did we ever pass judgment? Did you ever pass judgment on the cast on my new kettle? Yeah, I think we did. Briefly. My more vertical kettle. I mean, yeah, it's metal and it's red and like the old one, but different shape. It's marginally less bad. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. It's got a light on the power switch I mean, the, now. the shape definitely helps. Yeah, it is a nicer shape. It's a much less bad shape for pouring. Yeah, I... I well, I think aesthetically, I preferred the last one. <laughs> like the, the, the sort of triangle. If you, the want triangle, triangle. if you want a triangle shaped one, you have to get one to just put on your gas stove and just do it old school. Yeah, I suppose. Get the whistle out. Man, that used to bug the hell out. We used to have one <laughs> when I was growing up in Needham. That's how, that's how mum and dad used to do kettles. We used to just put it on the gas stove. And, uh,. This is how old I sound right now. <laughs> like, well, it's only on a gas stove. It's not like my one where it was on an Argo. Yeah, that'd, that'd be bad. But it's just we still got that kettle though. Yeah, that's our emergency kettle in case the power goes out. Except now, stick it on gas. Yeah, now it's gas, so it doesn't really matter. If, well, I guess no, you could light it for the power goes yeah, out. Yeah, you yeah, just match it. But well, it depends how the depends how, how the lighter is actually attached. I don't yeah. know how that would actually work. It's probably not like a barbecue one, right? Where it sort of powers itself through friction. But yeah, we kept that one for emergencies when the power went out. Not the, the like, I mean, the actual emergency in, for our case was if the Argo went down. <laughs> right, yeah. Because <laughs> then that kettle wouldn't even work. 
but that was the advantage of having an actual Arga. And power goes out and you don't get cold. Because <laughs> yep. you still have a fucking fire. <laughs> Everything's still fine. <laughs> you still have hot water. Hey, and also, it's not that cold in this country, you know. Just, just <laughs> you say that, but everyone, you know, just wear more hoodies. You get the one time where the power goes out in the winter, and you just you just die. <laughs> Sleep well. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep well, Britain. <laughs> Zach's gonna kill you on a cold night. <laughs> you just die. Kettles. I'm still continuing to be annoyed by our, by, not related to this, in, even to the scientists, and this is like hella old news, but like, I'm still really annoyed by how incredibly terrible our hot water pressure is. Really, what, it, still? With our modern boiler, or whatever. Right. It's still the same as it always has been. I mentioned it before in the podcast, but I'm still annoyed by it. Bars is, like, we've got modern kit in this house, and it's fine. I don't understand how it's, like, got, like, how do you take the water pressure that we had before, which was great, and, but, and like, make entirely... it bad somehow. Even on like the cold tap, it's not nearly as powerful as it used to be. Wasn't, wasn't your old system almost entirely gravitational as well because of where the tank? Was? Well, I mean, sure, it had the old school like tank in the attic and all that stuff. But, yeah. Like not even that. Well, if you assume that the gravitational pressure, it had to be coming out of a pipe enough to create that pressure in the first place. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it can't be that much worse. Yeah, it's old. Like we had a we had, we did have a pressure problem here for a bit, but then it took us ages to figure out. It's like oh oh, the stopcock hasn't been fully open. Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Maybe I should have, like just check our stopcock, mm. <laughs> see if they see if they didn't fix that properly when they left. Yeah, or like I think we turned the water off at one point for something else. So maybe that didn't get done properly. There's all, there's all those little annoyances in our house where it's just like, we're never going to fix this, are we? <laughs> no, it's probably because it's expensive. Well, it's not really as expensive. It's more like just it's inconvenient, I guess. Mm. Like the, 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 One of the taps in the downstairs bathroom is just like, you can barely even turn it on. And if you do turn it on, it's barely possible to turn it off, especially when your hands are wet. Right. So it's like that tap is just not, that might as well not exist right now. <laughs> it's I mean, basically non-functional. I don't even know if they, they ever fixed it, but I remember like my mum's place, they, they, the hot water tap would never work because it had like a, the faucet would just, <laughs> no, I remember this it tap. Would, it would, yeah, it would just turn and <laughs> the, like, like the, click the, weirdly and not move. Yeah, like, like the, 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 Bit, the like the handle, I guess you'd call it, of the tap wasn't attached to the actual like screw bit that turns the. Yeah, valve. I think it'd been like worn away or something, yeah. like like a bad like a top on a bad tub of mayonnaise or something. Like it would just keep turning and not actually go anywhere. Yeah, and just like it, it wouldn't it wouldn't screw properly. It's like oh, they had that thing for so long. I think they've replaced it now. <laughs> you know, but so we've got the problem in the kitchen that we've just never got around to actually solving whereas your the, whole tap the rotates. whole tap moves yeah which is really annoying that must just be a like tightening it up yeah but on the, the, the other side of the sink I don't think we have the right tool though because it's like sure. it's, a, it's a weirdly big like thing a regular around spanner. the entire thing yeah so you need a friggin enormous spanner to get at it <laughs> um, and also like it's tucked behind all these other well, pipes yes, that is so a it's, major problem yeah so it's a real pain to actually get to and of course, behind the actual sinks as well. So you know you've got to get up there somehow, mm. and you've got to take all the shit out from under it. Well, yeah, that's it. yeah. So you can actually get in there properly and get the angle. Yeah, it's it's a pain. So we've not done it. <laughs> yep. So it's never never gonna happen. Can we go on? 
It's not too big a problem. <laughs> I mean, that it's getting worse though. It, it, it is your is major there. problem. It, like it might become a big problem. <laughs> I suppose that's true. I think it's only the you know it's only the pressure holding. I don't think it's like the the the, the tension between the actual pipe and the uh, tap fitting. It's just the, it how it clamps to the sink. Mm. Because these things only seem to clamp from one side somehow. Yeah, yeah, tap, mm. don't, don't, I don't trust myself with plumbing. Anything to do with plumbing, I'm probably going to make worse. Well, sure, I guess. I mean, we've got we've got record in this house yep, of uh, very... making plumbing worse. <laughs> and I'm preparing myself for the inevitable. Zach, help us. The inevitable day when my car battery dies again, as it does every winter. <laughs> right. <laughs> This time, this year, I'm already thinking about it. I'm like, right, okay. As soon as it gets cold, I'll have to think about checking whether my battery is dying. Why does that that happen? I don't know. I don't know if it's just some weird. If it's just a bad battery, or whether it's some weird effect of my car. Well, you just don't drive it enough. Well, I mean, there's that. Sure, it's not charging. But that shouldn't cause it to discharge that quickly. No, like like, literally, as soon as it gets cold, it just goes. Does potentially seem like some kind of ice short somewhere. Yeah. Maybe it's like the dumb extra speakers that my car has, because <laughs> someone put a proper <laughs> radio system in it. Right. I was like, maybe I should just... Because when I got it, those speakers were actually disconnected, and I reconnected them. And oh, I was like, okay. oh, these actually work. But then it's like, maybe they were disconnected for a reason? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe we've tried. <laughs> but then you've got to watch out about the ends of those cables. Yeah, make sure those don't show. <laughs> yeah. And I also don't know if, how noticeable those speakers are, even are. Like, they definitely work. And, but I'm not sure, especially from the front seat, because I'm usually the only person in my car. Like, yeah. I'm not sure it's even noticeable, really, whether they're on or off. Oh, right. So they're like parcel shelf speakers yeah. or something. Okay, right. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was all I had in the Mini, wasn't it? It was parcel shelves when I had my Mini. Because like, there. there's I, not really I, ever space to no, have speakers no, in the I Mini. I only had parcel shelf speakers. <laughs> Uh, I suppose you could like fade your radio more to the back and see. <laughs> Maybe you could probably wait out to do that on that radio. All right. Best not to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch it. It's not like I even use that radio for a radio. I just use the aux in. <laughs> no, right. Plug something in. Yep. Always plug in. Bluetooth podcasts straight to you. That's what, that's what I permanently do, which is annoying when I had to drive knife, knife, when I had to knife uh, <laughs> Gnome's car around for a bit because it was a. It's, I mean, it's just a CD player. Mm. There's no, there's no, in, there's no input. There's no Bluetooth, so it's like radio for me. Just get a CD. I could put a CD in there. <laughs> Dig up some terrible ancient compilation that you made at some point, probably. I don't know if I have many of those anymore. <laughs> Actually, that's a lie. I have a feeling I know exactly where all, where, where <laughs> yeah, all of them are. I bet. Also, I could I could have put in the uh, hard copy of Arcadia Legends had really? I remembered to get it out of my car before it went in for service. You could have. Because it was still in the car. <laughs> it's like, oh, balls. I feel like the, Shameless time, plug. the time has nearly come where like, I need to rediscover what's on the cassettes that are in my drawer. Oh, wow. Okay. Because <laughs> there's at least one in there. 
And I'm sure it's one of the classics, but I don't know which one. What, the one where you're, you're talking over Command and Conquer music? You mean Dad is? Or Dad, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the classics. <laughs> what do we want? What do we want? <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> and I, Actually, I think I might also still have the tape I made of your music. <laughs> Oh, right, yeah. Mm, XM, XM files recorded the mag- magnetic tape. <laughs> That's what you want. Quality, those. <laughs> I think I've probably got a few of those knocking about somewhere in Needham, but couldn't tell you where. It even has the highly illegal what the heck is going on in the city version 2 on it. <laughs> well, that was a bad version. Yep, yeah. the one that Rob doesn't like at all, not that he likes the first one. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like either version. <laughs> those were... They're sort of back in the day where I finished even poop tracks. <laughs> Rather than not finishing anything. It, well, that's not strictly true. <laughs> I finished a track this year. <laughs> it just takes more work now. I'm more of a perfectionist Yeah, that's now. true. And also, you know... My skills have improved, so it takes time you, now. You then also can't make tracks under five minutes. <laughs> is the other problem. Well, I don't know. The last, the last two, I think, came in under five. <laughs> One before that, probably not. But yeah, I think the last two, maybe three, I've worked on have come in under five minutes. It's been good. Well, some of them like had to, though, didn't they? It's like you got to cut that down for um because someone else is analysing this. It's not just whatever Rob wants, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well. Actually, no, no, the, 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 the uh, stuff I've done for OC Remix, like, I, if anything, I sometimes have difficulty making up the length for those. Because hmm. when you're dealing with, like, a little bit of loop or a weird thing you're supposed to interpret into music, like, actually coming up with that is kind of tricky. Hmm. Actually, the last thing I did, which is, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it yet, but I suppose it's on a public Discord, but... If you know where to find it. Um, but yeah, the last thing I was working on, that was a... Even though that was a more casual track, a bit more me, I suppose. It was one of those where I ran out of ideas halfway through. So and, was, and so we had to have a mid-bit and a weird ending. That wasn't standard mid- Rob procedure. In, well, actually, no, standard <laughs> Rob procedure is changing a bit in that it's no longer a mid-bit. It's like a completely different second half. Well, I mean, that's what, I, that's what the mid-bit evolved into. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's all mid-bit now. <laughs> transition yes the mid bit is just a transition rather than a bit yeah (laughs) it's the mid bit it's the breakdown it's the breakdown (laughs) (laughs) yes check it out glacial spoon on oc remix or my soundcloud Uh, still exists it's still there (laughs) it's got like nothing on it but it's still there i wonder if i still have a last fm page (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> Does Last FM even exist? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not the same thing as it once was. Maybe. I do not know. Mm. Just get a Bandcamp page going or something. <laughs> that would be or awesome. figure out if I could just put it on Spotify. Yeah. That'd be great. Dump it into that yeah. mixer. Not mixer. <laughs> not mixer. No. <laughs> no, that's... that's uh, like purely for ninja now. 
<laughs> Maybe. No one else cares. Was it? There was an article on like, uh, games, by the way. Yep. Like uh, it was video games. There's a podcast about video games. I think I'm pretty sure they're advertising like uh, it, the, his uh, ninja as having the number one mixer channel because <laughs> that's like, not difficult. Yeah, I don't think that's much <laughs> of a surprise. Like surprise, the number one Twitch streamer, or like maybe not. Was he number one, or was he just a, like he just might be number one there. on Fortnite? Right, yeah. Maybe not number one in total Twitch. Yeah, it's like he's now got the super popular streamer, now has the number one mixer stream. It's like, mm-hmm. big, big surprise. <laughs> I don't think it has the same problem that a lot of other Twitch stuff does, where it's like that, what, that well, like one guy has all the viewership for a particular thing, and then the drop off is so rapid. Mm. I was looking at. Arsh. I was looking at the Twitch app because I was playing Minecraft, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I was looking at the Twitch app, and on the front page where it has like the list of popular games or whatever, the top one isn't a game. It's just it's just chatting, because you oh, can tag right. the streamers that now. Yeah, I've seen that. And I'm just like, that's weird that that is actually higher than all the other games individually. <laughs> I wonder if it's... Okay, this is the cynic in me coming out here, and the internet i wonder if it's hot gamer girls just talking well, i mean sure that's some percentage of it i mean i'm pretty sure that'd be a, like a huge percentage of it but the thing is if because, you, because the internet is creepy if you look if you look at like the actual like the full list of those tags that you can put on twitch there's like a lot of even more specific ones than that like just chatting is like kind of a real general one. There's much more specific versions of that, oh, and then right. even more like subtle. There's like there's a category for like coding. It's like if you're doing live coding, oh, yeah, have, yeah. It, have the coding category. Yeah, because a lot of, a lot of game devs will actually do sessions like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, that's cool that they're supporting or music that. making or whatever. Or um, uh, there's a lot of like live drawing ones. Like the, was yeah. it like the CEO of from DC Comics does a Twitch live stream or something now of him just drawing stuff. And it's like, okay, that's actually pretty cool. I mean, that's probably a good thing for him to be able to be like, I don't like, I'm the CEO, but I'd really rather be actually making comics. Yeah, I think that's just... <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to come up with this helpful excuse that's also linked to the brand so it, we can at least expense it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like friend, or, like friend of the show, uh, well, Eddie, who used to be on the, who's been on the show a couple of times years and years ago. Yeah. Like, he was the one that introduced me and gave me the backstory. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's exactly that because he doesn't get, to doing much of that stuff anymore he'll still do he'll still do like the cover work for like some of their big like marquee comic events like so he'll do the yeah like just the, the big cover picture mm. but like for the most part yeah he's business now so like this is his outlet at like four in the morning or something us time so he doesn't interrupt <laughs> anyone like or doesn't annoy his family or whatever by like locking himself in a room I don't think no. it's, like drawing would annoy people that much. No, but I suppose like the <laughs> just whole... close the door. But I suppose I mean, like so the talking whole... to Twitch would yeah. be the part that would be annoying. Exactly. Yeah, because you've got to be slightly engaging to the audience, just slightly. Yes, just slightly. And here's a nose. <laughs> <laughs> drawing a line. Drawing another line. <laughs> I think here's the thing they were saying: like, where he has a tendency of like getting quite far into a drawing and it being pretty good, and then just throwing it away and being like, "Nah, I didn't like that one." No, I mean, like artists, that's do. what you can do. And the rest of it, and everyone else is like, is all like, <gasps> "Well, just screen cap it and finish it yourself." <laughs> yeah, I guess. Now, you, now you've got a trace. Get a colorist in. Sort it out. Paint by numbers. <laughs> Live paint by numbers. 
Yes. So there's that. Uh, news, I guess. News! Since we were talking about kind of news. Kind of get really old news at this point. That was way, up, way before the last podcast, even. I guess. That, that yeah. happened. News. What's the news, then? What's going on? God, it's been so hard to remember. I did remember the one thing. I don't think there's been a huge amount of interest. Well, no, in news. but like, I feel like the news happened immediately after the previous podcast, and then it all, all overwritten each other in my brain again, as it always does. Yeah. And I think... it's, when there's no news in the second week, it's even worse than if there is news in the second week. Yeah, it, it is harder, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, I guess the main news was the... the... Government. <laughs> was the government. Was the government happened. <laughs> Or not happen. Well, yeah, well, like, technically not the government yet. Yeah. It's only a committee. Well, the government's just sort of not happening at the moment. Well, that too. Oh, it hasn't, hasn't <laughs> been happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's also not literally happening at all. So uh, the Digital Commission, whatever media, I forget what that even stands for. Oh, God. Digital. Digital Committee. No, the. Something committee for, committee for digital culture, media, and sport, or something. Yeah, it's like sports is weirdly lumped in there for some reason. And sport, <laughs> just like it's just like all oh, this lovely stuff and sport. I mean, is the digital part of that like also over? Well, I don't know. Does yeah. that mean digital sport? I don't know. Yeah, I don't is know it, it literally means, talking like... about like FIFA and stuff <laughs> or, or pro gamers? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like digital comma culture. So it's like I as if digital I, is just a thing. I don't know if culture would be. I don't. I don't know what what the topics this committee actually covers in total. But I guess they're just a think tank, right? So it could be anything. Sure. Like, what are we doing Maybe. today? Uh, I don't know. Drugs are bad. <laughs> it's culture. Maybe drug culture. But anyway, what they've been looking at recently is the whole loot box thing. Bringing which we've talked about several times previously. Bringing forth the classic surprise mechanics and. And ethical loot boxes and all that stuff yeah, that EA bullshitted about before. And strictly whether it's gambling or not is, the, is what they, these guys are looking at. Well, the, kind of, I guess. Yeah, the, the sort of gambling side and the ethical side. Uh... So yeah, they've been through all their interviews and and made some kind of conclusion, even though as is you know, well, as was very clear through the whole thing, no one really has any hard evidence of anything. No, <laughs> or like and. The, the the sometimes where it seemed like there could be an opportunity to have any kind of evidence, it was like the companies like EA being saying like, "Oh, this is all proprietary information that we can't reveal because we have all this data, but we can't tell you," <laughs> which is you know not helpful. No, not helpful for making any sort of case. But anyway, what that, what that basically means is we've got all this data and it's bad, so we're not going to show you. Well, that's what you assume it means. Yes. Yeah. But then the conclusion they came up with was don't sell loot boxes to children. <laughs> Which, I mean, good, I guess. But well, what they actually said was like it should be regulated similarly to gambling. Well, they said don't sell loot boxes to children and loot boxes should have the gambling tag on whatever rating piggy or whatever system that you happen to be using. Oh, right. So they'll actually like just straight up call it gambling. Yeah. Interesting. Because of like, oh yeah, because I, I remember reading some of some some of the stuff about this because they were like, hey, so in some in some cases this can demonstrably be converted to cash. Well, I mean, therefore that's gambling. That like, is always the, the trouble though, because there's like all this cashing out situation. But they did have a couple of people come in for uh, do like their interviews where they were doctors of whatever psychology was that were basically saying like. 
the cashing out argument is kind of less valid. Like, perceived value is value. <laughs> right, yeah. Just because you can't get little money out of it, that doesn't mean the things you're buying out of loot boxes are worthless. <laughs> no, true. Like, value in, in the non-economic sense yeah. is a personal judgment, right? It's subjective. But or but for, but it, for but in, addictive but in, personalities or whatever, perceived value still counts. Absolutely. Towards that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's like I really need that shiny. Yeah. It's like I, I need it, man. It's like suddenly that's super valuable, despite the fact like I probably find it for twenty p somewhere. In theory. In theory. So yeah, the, that's what they said. And then the Church of England turned up like a week afterwards and said, "Yes, we agree." <laughs> so, as Jim Sterling put it, Jesus is against loot boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Motion passed. Yep, that's about as. I mean, if the Church of England have even perceived this issue at all, then I guess it's quite severe. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain element of, oh, we heard this as a controversial topic. We as the Church need to be seen to be. Sure, but it's not even like. In reality, Down with the culture right now. <laughs> well, in reality, it's not even that big of a controversial topic. I mean, gaming is relatively large, but not, you know, the largest thing ever, still. And it is a very small, like, corner of that, even. I mean, I guess Fortnite is the thing that everyone is aware of. At some level, I'm sure Bishop's children are playing Fortnite. <laughs> and so they kind of become aware of that the same way as Minecraft happened. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But then a lot of those... I mean, you know, young priests probably grew up with games now. I, I guess. It's starting to get there. Yeah. Um, that's still the thing that I always think about when I've... Because when, whenever someone says, like, gaming is the biggest entertainment industry or whatever... Right, in, yeah. In like, terms of money or, or, or however they're classing that. I mean, but it may be in terms of money, but I'm not sure it is in terms of, like... Uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, sort of, like, cultural... Knowledge, I suppose. Yeah, like that's cultural, still cultural behind. presence. It's oddly not there yet. But also, when you actually think about like sales numbers for games, it's like if a game sells five million, that's pretty damn good. And that's like that's not even like very very much population compared to the entire population of England, let alone the whole world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's still a tiny, tiny amount of people, mm. and yet somehow they're getting that much money off it from the Wales. <laughs> From the Wales, <laughs> Pro- probably from from Wales in Wales. <laughs> yep, clearly. So anyway, that's what that committee had to say, and and they also said the government. Then they recommended the government basically says something. They said, "Oi, government, we've said this thing. Now you need to say something." <laughs> so yeah. maybe if Brexit ever fucking happens and we get out of that whole problem, then someone will eventually say something. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I think there's going to be a whole lot of other stuff to deal with before they come around to loot boxes. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's nice yeah. that this committee said that said the thing that we wanted them to say, essentially. But it's kind of we're in a lot of great time for government to actually do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think how much we might have got done. <laughs> but isn't that like every government ever? Yeah. Think about how much we could have got done if this other big yeah, thing if, wasn't if there were all these other problems happening. Yeah. <laughs> If we didn't create our own issues... It's even worse for America. <laughs> Think oh, of how wow. much we would have got done if we were <laughs> even able to pass any laws. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Messed up. Yep. 
It's messed up. We're all doomed. Don't trust it. <laughs> all doomed. Especially if they break out of whatever is in Area 51, then we're all doomed. <laughs> well, maybe we're not doomed. Maybe that's the secret. Yeah, the secret to life everlasting is in Area 51. And it's called death. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, called death. <laughs> and then in sort of, I guess, related law news. Law news. French courts have said that Steam have to have to allow you to resell games. Even yeah, though this has been tried before, this same sort of court battle has happened previously about the reselling of digital goods. Mm. But, you know, this is the latest ruling, and as usual, Valve are like, no. <laughs> no, what do we have to? What about everyone else? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the first thing, but yeah. also, in general, they disagree with the concept, I guess. The concept? Well, I would just, like... Well, the, the, didn't they? Were they toying with the whole inventory idea? Well, though? yeah, the inventory thing came and went, kind of. Yeah, like they disabled some parts of that whole trading system and toned it down, which I actually still think is a bit of a shame. Yeah, but like the whole concept of of reselling of digital goods, like there's, I saw some quotes about like what the actual laws are and like why it's awkward for digital goods it's because like the whole. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue it's actually just not... It's not a, not to do with the law, more to do with loopholes. Is like the whole Steam subscriber agreement is that even though you're not paying for Steam, it's still a service. And right, therefore, accessing yeah. the games is a service, not a product. Gotcha. So they're kind of exempt from the reselling part of the law. Gotcha, yeah. <laughs> and isn't it always slightly odd with, like, I thought, like, Video games and software in general, actually, is like even though you have the like this is why end user license agreements exist. Yeah, because even though if you may have a physical copy of a disc, you're not strictly licensed to use that software unless you have some sort of access mechanism, right? Like so, like even like old games that used to have like a security code on them it's like that the code was effectively your license mm. and if you resold that code it was it's like nothing they could do about it so it was never really enforced but it's mildly murky like mm. whether or not that code is actually whether the you know the second hand purchaser is actually licensed to it and it's still there's nothing they can do about it if you own the disc for a console for instance they're like you're not strictly licensed but no one can do anything so they don't care Whereas with digital goods, they can do something about it. It's like the license is actually manageable. Well, yeah, in theory. Yeah. So, like, I, where I absolutely kind of, it's it's super sticky. It's like a, a bit of me likes the idea of being able to resell digital goods because they're a good, and therefore should be tradable to some extent. It's like you're not. That's not really what you're dealing with. It's about licenses. It's about that kind of stuff. And also, that would, like, why would Steam want to offer that? Like, it just messes with their model completely because you could flood the market with like someone. You know, people. Well, it's G two A basically is what we're talking. Well, kind of. But... The whole key reselling issue already exists. Just it's even more dodgy. Than yeah, but once you've once you've claimed the key, you can't. Well, like sure. un unregister your key, right? So it's not quite like that. But if you could unregister games from your list, like say you played something that's poopy and you're never going to play it again and you just unregistered it and put it up on Steam store yeah. or whatever, 
It's like, what's to stop people from buying that and not the actual game? Unless you come up with a whole new suite of rules to be like, oh, okay, if you're reselling games on Steam digitally, the cut that you and I would get would probably be like a tiny, tiny portion because they've still got to give some of that money to the publisher. Right, because that's the thing. Because it's like, well, yeah, like, I mean, and, like, and, like, and if you do, if you do allow that, and you don't give anything back to the publishers, it's like, why would publishers use your service? They would just go to Epic or GOG. I mean, the way and, the way that you'd have to do it would be to do it like in a in a unreasonably consumer friendly way, I guess. Like, if you imagine the Steam like like eighty twenty cut or whatever it is, I forget what the number is. If you imagine that. And then basically you just you say like Steam take on a resold game, Steam only takes like ten percent, and then the other ten percent goes to the consumer who sold the game, right? Yeah, and like like make it like that, so Steam is still kind of footing the bill for the resale, but then the extra eighty percent also has to come out of some other person's pocket it's yeah. like it's real confusing and then also how does the pricing market for that stuff work does it work like the steam well i guess hard you, market i don't think the, you'd ha- the... be able to have a market i think you'd have right. to have it be a set like percentage of the original game's price but oh i see of but it... that's something that either steam defines yeah or, it would like, have or, to would, be the like... pu- or would the publisher define like well just... maybe the publisher but it would like it would probably be even have to be based on like the current sale price of that game on steam so if you're reselling an old game, it would be worth less, logically, because that's mm. how it should work. But it would have to be based on like what the actual Steam store is selling the game for right now. Well, I mean, that is the other question: is does it have to be less? Like, if you resell the game, does Steam actually just resell keys? Well, and, like, I mean, shuffle them around, like which is which then negates the entire purpose. It's like. Like the buy button buys someone else's key, so that user gets a little bit of cut. But actually, what's going on under the hood is like it's you're buying it for the same price. Like like to the it might be invisible to the user, except for the person who put their key back up. I don't know if making it it's it's weird. There could be way all kinds of ways around this. Yeah, I don't know if making it like non like it's like there's no reason for the concept of a used digital game to exist. But if it didn't it might feel weird like if you weren't aware that you were buying someone else's old key Hmm. and it just happened in the back end and some percentage of your money just went to someone i mean technically that would be good i guess because it it you're still completely invisible yeah the resellers are still getting something out of it but like but the the buyers don't have any specific need reason to go and specifically hunt used keys well, I mean, it wouldn't be a hunt, though, would it? Like, if I mean, uh, well, yeah. You wouldn't, if we're imagining this whole thing built into Steam, it would just be like, well, it'd be kind of like how Amazon or whatever, where you have the oh, sure. new and used thing next to the regular buy button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, you could do it that way. But like, a, but, then, but then there's no downside. Yeah, there's, whereas, no, whereas there's the, no the Amazon side game. Of, yeah. Doesn't have, I mean, I guess... The only situation where that could be different would be in, like if they went the whole way of like the weird multiplayer keys. Yeah, that's what I was going to go like the, the return of the online pass. Yeah, um, <laughs> at which yeah, it's it's very much that argument again. If the, uh, I would not be surprised if that returns if this this thing if this ever gets off the ground. Yeah, I don't. Think, I think they just have to not sell those kinds of games. Any game that require well, or every game will just have an account now. Not necessarily an online pass, but like a email address into your account name. 
type long it ties to the key or something well it wouldn't even have to tie to the key really would it it would just be the key would be within steam and then when you launch that game then you do your that game specific login at that point it doesn't really have to be tied together i guess but that doesn't really solve the problem particularly well it does because then you could still unlink the key from your steam account and sell that key on without it affecting your actual account in that game so you wouldn't be transferring any uh, but that would kind of work regardless. Like if your account was was Steam driven, like as it would be in in a lot of stuff, it's sure, like it's, that's, mean, that's all the same anyway. It'd be a, it'd be a slightly more like separated step rather than having it being built into the Steam system. I suppose the the other consumer friendly side to this is like oh, say Rocket League for whatever reason, or the obvious reasons I suppose <laughs> decides to not be sold on Steam anymore. And becomes Epic Store exclusive. Yeah. Which, for the record, I don't think they'll do. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, it would be... Yeah, it would be a super terrible decision, I think, for them to do that. Um, but, it, you know, saying they did, then key reselling at least would give you an out, right? To be able to be like, oh, I can get off my Steam account and pick it up on Epic. Yeah, but there's no provided reason to they do ha- that. Provided they had a transfer system for your actual... Well... I mean, the community could move, right? That's the problem with a game like that, right? If it only starts being sold on yeah, Epic, but there's, the there's new not players a separate can community, though, is it? No. Like, it would it, still be it, the PC servers yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean it's, a, it's a slightly contrived example because they've got cross-play and yeah. things like that. But, like, for the games that potentially don't, which is a dwindling number, in fairness, most do. Yeah, I don't think I don't think any real modern game would really do that. That specifically between like different launches on PC, mm. locking those separately. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But then all your items in Steam are still on your Steam account, right? They're not tied to your Rocket account yet. Because I don't, know, no, because where they, no, I don't know where those would actually be stored. So, so if I started an Epic account, for instance, it wouldn't know. Well, it wouldn't how... know your Rocket part, Rocket League account. Yeah, yeah. but the, like. I don't know if that's linked that deeply into Steam servers or whether that is something in the Rocket. It's just using your Steam ID, isn't it, to identify you? That's all it's doing. Kind of, but like the Ro- Rocket Pass was when they generated the Rocket Passes, it's specific because you can change the Rocket Pass individually from like your Steam name. Rocket ID. Yeah, Rocket Not to be ID. confused with Rocket Pass, Rocket the season pass. Yeah. But yeah, you can change that separately from your Steam name. Obviously, because otherwise that'd be a horrible mess. Sure. So it must have generated that at some point and assigned it to, linked it to that Steam account using whatever Steam ID is hidden beneath the username. Hmm. So that theoretically could still be pulled into another system. Yeah, if they opened it up, so like whatever, wherever your items are stored, like if you created an Epic Rocket account and you could tie that back to the same rocket id yeah which i'm not sure is a thing well not yet no, no. But, but if you could do that that would be great right <laughs> well yes that would be the ideal outcome Play rocket could, League everywhere. yeah because then i could have my xbox version or whatever like linked to the same account and i'd be like well it doesn't matter where i play i could just crap out some solo games on xbox while no using the pc or whatever yeah um or the switch yeah rocket league on the go that reminded me of another news thing, mm. helpfully, because I almost completely forgot it. Even though this is news that happened literally like yesterday, I'd already forgotten it. Um, there was a 
a financial report of a company who who recently went epic exclusive right but in their financial report because it's a financial report they kind of had to say how much epic paid them except not really explicitly oh interesting because the game hasn't come out yet so that that it's basically here's the game it's control i think right oh right just, is that an epic, epic, yeah, yes, epic yes. exclusive? But like they, it's like the they in this financial report they specifically say the game hadn't launched during the period of, that this report covers. Right. But the reason there's money here is because of other things. Right. Yeah. So it has to have been income from something related. Yeah. 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 I get it. So apparently we have maybe the first indication of how much money Epic is actually spending. And what is it? It's ten million euros. Holy crap! For control. Right. Okay, that's that's no in, that's not an insignificant number. Well, yeah, and it's clearly not like a profitable number. They're not going to make a return on that. They're not going to make a positive return on that, I should say. Well, from Epic's cut of control sales. Well, what was it? They'd be what ten ten dollars a pop, maybe Epic gets out of that from full price. What is there? It's like twenty percent of sixty. Right, so twelve dollars. Yeah, I guess so. So we're getting twelve dollars a pop. That means they need only to sell a million copies, which I think is highly plausible for Control. Well, maybe for that one, maybe because it's like a. But you have is to consider- it a double A or is it a triple? But don't, a? don't forget, don't this is also we're considering the Epic Game Store's shitty user base. That sure. won't help them. <laughs> but the PC version is like the version of Control to play for performance reasons. Well, yeah, because apparently it kind of sucks on console. <laughs> Less so on the Pro and on the X, but like if you've got a mainline console controllers, performant. Sorry, so not or not performant, whatever the way round that of that word <laughs> is. But yeah, that seems to be ill performing. I will. I, it's like, I mean, the other way to look at that number, assuming that is the real number or whatever, that 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 that, that number actually means what we think it means. The other way to look at it would be because of the way that the Epic exclusive is a guaranteed amount of money based on sales data. Like, Epic has predicted how much it's going to sell. So <laughs> what you could say is that's Epic predicting that Control is going to sell about a million copies. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I get maybe. Maybe. But that's, yeah, but there's, there's something to be said from, from any publisher being like, well, that's just guaranteed money in the bank. We don't have to actually sell those copies now. That's a million less that we have to worry about. I don't for sure that, that's how that works. Also, we still don't really know, like, what the... I guess we... I don't, don't think we do know whether, like, when they say guaranteed sales, do you literally not get anything from the sales until you hit that point and then, it, then you start getting money? Like, is that is the money you get for the exclusivity, like, literally, you that money is future money that you don't get in the future until you pass that number of sales and then you start actually getting money? I don't know. This report seems to suggest that that's not how that works, right? Unless it's based on pre-orders. Well, I mean, there's that too. Does Epic even have pre-orders? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I'm sure there was other, I'm, well, presumably because you can buy it on other systems. So if they had been pre-orders, that would have theoretically been in that same value. Sure, they might have been able to like Remedy might have been able to share. Hey, we've got this many pre-orders <laughs> on Xbox digitally. Yeah, and this much here. But so. it's kind of the way that report is worded kind of implies that pre-orders aren't that mon- that number. No, because it, w- it would have come ahead, and people can cancel pre-orders, right? So yeah. it'd be shaky ground. If it was contingent yeah. on, on something. 
but yeah if that if, like i mean and how how what what better way to entice people over than just be like have some money like <laughs> strings don't entice people yes like, but that's that's all that epic's doing at the moment yeah <laughs> just money give me up money here have some money go buy yourself some money <laughs> yep so yeah i mean there's now clear evidence that they are spending a lot of money <laughs> how long can the money last how long mm. will the Fortnite trade keep going apparently still going it's like what is it batman Fortnite at yeah, the moment that's their current crossover bat night Slightly a step Fort down that. from Thanos, really, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know, Batman's pretty big. Yeah, but not as big as Thanos. I mean, Thanos was an, of the moment. The, sure. t- the timing for the Thanos event was something special. But you Batman's could, always Batman. Yeah, but you, then you could argue that makes that Batman thing worse. Batman forever. Where it's like, oh, it's just Batman. <laughs> right you you think that batman is just so ubiquitous now that it's just like, oh, it's another Batman. Thing. Yeah, kind of. But Batman fans love Batman. Yeah, that's true. There's like, I know fans will love fans of a thing, love the thing, right? But like, <laughs> that's kind of why they're fans. But there's something about Batman fans, and it's just like I don't know. I feel I feel like Batman fans are the ones that will never let it go, right? They'll never it's like Sonic fans. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hey, I know Sonic's frequently bad. I'm willing to admit that. Now Sonic Fortnite. Because that must that would have to be weird, right? It would be Sonic Boom, though. <laughs> Why? Because that that would be the that cartoon aesthetic would fit quite well with Fortnite, I think. I suppose, yeah, <laughs> better than like regular Sonic characters, like yeah, yeah. Sonic Adventure Two or whatever. We <laughs> <laughs> call regular Sonic characters. <laughs> Satam. Get, Don't know if you could port that into three D very easily. Get grinder and. Cluck or whatever is that? Scratch. Can, scratch, that's it, yeah. Was it, was it even Grinder? Growler. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just get them in there somehow. Just end the Fortnite trailer of like blackness and it just go <laughs> with an echo and see if anyone gets it. But I think Fortnite is actually on its way down now. Oh, but really? Trends are trending. Downtrend. But what's taking its place? Well, the, supposedly. Like what? Dota or like. Auto chess. Well, if you or... if you are looking at Google Trends and looking at the convenient graph that someone has taken out of Google Trends, the answer is in fact Minecraft. Yep, it's back. Yeah, I, I had seen it like it, it spiked on American MPDs. Well, the answer to that is like they cancelled the Super Duper update, and that's all they needed to do. Is like everyone's like, "Yay, Minecraft!" <laughs> well, it's because certain infamous YouTubers have started playing Minecraft again. Mm, right. And brought with them approximately 70 million subscribers. Oh, holy cow. Okay. Well, I mean, surely, surely not all of those are playing Minecraft, but you know what I mean. A lot of people are currently watching videos of Minecraft, presumably. Right. <laughs> i got to admit, I've been listening to quite a few podcasts where people have said, quite like to play some Minecraft again. Hmm. Like, it's working. Like, YouTube, damn it, this is like influencers actually influencing. <laughs> Living up to their name. Damn it. <laughs> kind of hoping that wasn't a thing. Well, I mean, spoilers for what we're going to talk about later, but you know why Guild, Guild Wars is happening for Kippers at the moment. Oh, God. Kippers is not an influencer. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. But <laughs> I hate to say it. Sorry, Kippers. He's more of an influencer than us. <laughs> still, mm-hmm. currently. Maybe. Just barely, though. I mean, why have I, again, our stat, our stat tracking has never been proven. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how much influence we have. No, nope, it's probably better that way. 
Oh, what else news happened? Well, right, ring fit. We haven't yeah, talked about ring right, fit. Right after the last podcast again, <laughs> yeah. at the earliest possible opportunity to miss the last podcast, Nintendo came back from their weird first video where they just showed a bunch of people doing weird exercise things to be like, here's what it actually is. <laughs> after we tantalize you with weirdness. <laughs> but then it was still it weird. Wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the vitality sensor. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> Although maybe you can measure your heart rate, judging by what they showed. Well, yeah, okay, so ring fit. Okay, I'm sorry. It's a ring shaped peripheral that you jam a joy gun into. Yeah, so, so, but it's like resist, it's a resistance hoop. If that makes sense. It's squidgy. Yeah, it's squidgy, and you use, you push it on either side, and because it's hoop shaped, it puts up some amount of resistance, therefore strength, I guess. Yep, exercise. Exercise. You can squidge it to exercise. I assume that thing must have some like extra sensors in it in order to be able to do that detection. I don't know, they Unless seem it's like to leaning on the analog stick or something. They seem to imply it as it can sense like the actual deformation of the ring, but I'm not like I mean, as we've previously discussed way early on in the Switch's life cycle, there's no actual physical connections to a Joy-Con. It can't be attaching to the, unless it's a Bluetooth connection. That's literally the uh, or through the charge thing there isn't like, any there's nothing on that rail we've already discussed this about them but then they must be a bit of charge that's bluetooth we've already previously discussed this <laughs> you about don't, the you don't charge over bluetooth yes you do <laughs> no you don't that or if it's not bluetooth it's at least inductive which is not going to send any data right okay that's that's <laughs> the other bit yeah it's not bluetooth charge and it'll be like some kind of wide although I, or qi charge or whatever it's called or i feel chi, like chi charge I i've feel, heard some people call it a chi charge i feel like it might be bluetooth <laughs> Which is, you know, I thought Bluetooth was the protocol more than the spectrum rather than the well, sure. power I mean, transfer. Or maybe there's like some sub Bluetooth brand or whatever that's actually rated the power now. I don't know. But um, anyway, there's definitely no physical connection. And, okay. That's interesting. I mean, theoretically, the ring could just have a Bluetooth that just links directly to the switch and it could not have anything to do with the Joy Con being in it. How does it know when it clicks to do the click? Well, maybe that's actually attached to the physical clicking like maybe there's a sensor on the actual bit yeah but i well no i think it does click before you actually go to the click so i think it's probably just sensing that the wii remote is in um we remote <laughs> the joy con is in range i don't know i think it has there has to be something i'm pretty sure there is. There has to be something look at the edge of your joy con there's no metal there that's for sure it can be under the rail like... no it can't that's plastic be under the rail magnets well, yes, it could prob- be magnets. There's probably magnets involved at some point. <laughs> it's, of always, this. it's always magnets. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, if if the ring does have some kind of sensing technology that's not not like somehow exploiting the Joy-Con, then it probably just Bluetooth directly to the Switch. So, if it does have some onboard internal electronics inside the ring, part of the ring, mm. then I could see that being like that and not really being related to the Joy-Con. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think there has to be something in the ring. Like, I think there has to be. Because, I mean, theoretically, there are ways you could really badly sense the ring deformation using just the Joy-Con. But judging by the way they've described it, it seems to imply they're doing something more clever than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what they're actually using it for. Like, they're using the Joy-Con just purely for gyro, right, really, in that thing. Yeah, assumably. Although the, it is the one with the IR sensor, which they do show you using you put, the heart rate. So, yeah, so there's a thing they you put, put your, your finger, finger against the IR sensor, and then it can detect your pulse. I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess it must be. 
but the thing is, is like most heart rate sensors, like the ones you get on like smartwatches and stuff like that, are they're optical in the sense that they rely on you shining actual light into your skin because and, light is <laughs> and goes it, into your skin slightly. Yeah, and it's sort of to do with the the red pigmentation. Yeah, like, and that's how they figure it out, and that's why they tend to use green because of the way it like highlights that yeah. or something. Like, yeah, yeah, something like that. So well, I don't, does, I don't, does IR actually work? Yeah, I don't that? know. I don't know how far IR goes into your skin because I mean, at one point the Connect was meant to be able to read pulse, right? Microsoft said that in one of their in one of their fitness things. Oh god, yeah, maybe when because Xbox... it said it could look at your face and detect the yeah, pulse rate. Yeah, they did, or maybe that that must have been just entirely pigmentation change, right? Yeah, like, just like you've got red cheeks, you must either be shy or have a heart rate going down the clappers, like. Because I mean, we assume that the resolution on the on the well connect at that range wouldn't have been good enough to actually like see. See, no, it wouldn't. But because Connect Two, I think, has a like 1080p camera or something, so it's mm. you know it's not huge resolutions we're talking about here. Let alone the IR part of it. But putting your finger directly against the IR sensor, I could see that theoretically working. Like, well, I mean, it if might, it can it detect m- your fist being a foot away, then putting your skin directly against it probably might allow for some penetration. I wonder if the Connect IR sensor would look, would be able to see heat. <laughs> I mean, that's what IR means, I guess. And it, well, it's, a, it's a form of light. It's not strictly heat, is it? But it's like a... Uh, <laughs> no, let's not get into the technical difference. Yeah. What heat I'm, I'm, IR is radiant heat. That's what it really means. Mm-hmm. Yes, but no, simultaneously. <laughs> But yeah, like, I guess it. Yeah, it must be just like this is what your face looks like when you trained it. So I assume you were calm when you trained your face. <laughs> so <laughs> now it looks redder. You must be pulsing, red pulse. Yeah. I ma- imagine it was racist and didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's probably also true. Yeah. So well, let's find out whether the fit ring can detect on a finger pressed right up against yeah, it. Yeah, I have no idea. No idea how that's going to work. I'm actually sort of like, and oh, and you wear the other one on your leg for leg movements. Yeah, just I mean, one leg. I mean, that makes sense. Which means you could have a lazy leg. Could you though? <laughs> I mean, you most... could, for the running action, you could just have one standing there and move the other one a bit. <laughs> you could, but that probably wouldn't actually be as easy as actually running in place. I mean, like I could just sit here in the couch and go and <laughs> jiggle my legs a bit, and it would probably be all right. Well, I mean, that's the real question of that. Is like, like how how wee tennis is it? Like how much can you fudge it? Yeah. <laughs> could you? Could you? I mean, can it must have a like a set your start position or something, right? Like zero it essentially. So if you zeroed it sitting down, could you then <laughs> jib it that way? I don't know. I don't know if you zero those gyros, though. Do you like? Well, I guess it's like how does it? What? How does it know? What is it gravitationally sensing it? What orientation the Joy-Con is in? I mean, I guess it could. It could, but I, like, like I'm not sure whether that. Is in there because mm. gyros only detect rotation theoretically mm. from their start position. So, like, I mean, you don't, you never zero in a joy. Well, no, I guess you do in Splatoon, right? I mean, you do, but that's purely for comfort more than actually, like, I guess, zeroing out the sensors. The sensors are probably kicking out the same values. I guess. I mean, that's, that tends to be how calibration works. Your but sensors, you are, you are your still, spit out you're still zeroing a position as your center, right? So you, if this game works in the same way, then you could that would be the same, right? You Maybe. zero your neutral standing position. Maybe. Well, yeah, depending on within what range. Like, <laughs> yeah, within what range. 
So yeah. Anyway, anyway the, 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 the game part of this thing. The game looked alright. Actually, yeah, it's like it's surprisingly actually a game. Yeah, apparently. And also exercise. And also exercise. Yes, you run through some sort of glade, shooting at stuff with your ring. And like, then you by, have by RPG fight. <laughs> and then you have RPG fights where you ab guard and like leg raise shot. Yeah, but it's like the quality of your exercise indicates the amount of damage you do or something like that. Yep. And, or how much defense you put on it. And it's like you have to do the right exercise against the right bad guy. There's there's a game here somewhere. Yep. Also, you're collecting rings. So it's so it's sort secretly Sonic. Yes. It's secretly a Sonic game. <laughs> they're not quite as they're, they're quite fat. Yeah, they're like well, they're more like nuts almost. <laughs> they're like golden nuts. <laughs> golden ring nuts. Yeah. Donuts. Like all this exercise. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it. As you go along. Golden donuts. <laughs> I'm highly disappointed that it's not the return of Wii Fit trailer. What are they yeah. doing? Where was the Smash Brothers crossover? That is surprising. Why didn't they just call it, or they could have had a, like, on well, his it's artist... Ring Fit. That's like they're 90% of the way there. Here's our distant, distant cousin Ring Fit trainer. Well, I am kind of still hoping, like, that it would just be, like, turn up in Smash as a skin. They'll be the, they the, won't, though, because they don't do skins for Smash like we, that. We that'd be pretty cool. Wii Fit trainer will secretly be the final boss. <laughs> And it's like then and the balance board too. Yeah, they'll just be there at the end of the game. They'll just be like, "How dare you replace us?" <laughs> if you have a balance board, please connect it now for a stealth special. How did the balance board connect to the Wii? Bluetooth. Oh yeah, I guess it must have done because there was no cable, so no. so it could connect to a Switch in theory. It could. <laughs> also, then why didn't they do that? That would be better. Or what bring allow the balance allow board the balance board to be attached as an extra peripheral. Because imagine game. no one's making them anymore. That's yeah, but a, that doesn't matter. Yeah, like if you have it, have an add on. Oh, it's quite old now. Doesn't that also doesn't matter? I mean, it be, might have been resold or broken or I don't know. Yeah, but who cares? It's just a bonus. <laughs> it, would, it would have been a weird bonus, but, but yeah, all right, <laughs> all right. Yeah, so I'm disappointed that it's not Wii Train. I wanted the Smash Brothers crossover. Give me a skin for this new long, flamey haired woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also well, they, they might. You never know. Um, it's also like supposedly like, well, I think they've said it's going to be eighty dollars. So well, I'm sure the know, ring yeah. adds value. You're in Labo range, um, but it's <laughs> more substantial than cardboard in theory. I guess, yeah. <laughs> But we don't quite know how that relates to pounds just yet. Mm. I imagine not far off, yep. actually. Um, maybe 70 pounds. <laughs> maybe. It's, it's, it does feel like a lot, but it just seems all right. Surprisingly okay. Um, looking. I mean, I've been susceptible to a game like that every now and then. Like Wii Fit. Well, yeah, I played Wii Fit. Uh, but, you know, it actually made me think more back to how good actually some of the... Ubisoft original Connect software was yeah. like the Your Shape series. I think they only made two of them, and I used the first one. But that was actually surprisingly well made, and and actually worked with the Connect. Yeah, really quite well. Um, and I was always a bit surprised they never made one of those for Connect Two, because mm. um, you know with the enhanced tracking and all that stuff, it probably would have worked just fine as well. Yeah, um, the fitness craze was over at that point. Yeah. <laughs> But it's back. But it's back. Sort of. Well, it might not be back. It might not sell well at all. Yeah. Or Nintendo will be the only one to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. 
motion controls. We'll see what random bullshit peripherals the next Xbox and PlayStation have. Or if the Ring Fit controller could be used of anything else. Like, my money's on Maricart supporting it. Well, I mean, that was what I thought. I was like, oh, sweet. It's just like, now we don't even have a tiny steering wheel. We just have an actual steering wheel. size steering wheel. Yeah. But there's no buttons on like on those no. handles. It's part of the problem. And so also, unless you could hold it at like 90 degrees and have one of the Joy-Con... If you, like, the Joy-Con instead of the Joy-Con being at the top of the ring, you just wedge it under your hand and like on the somehow side. mash the buttons there. Yeah. I guess. And you do have the other Joy-Con free at that point because you're not strapping it to your leg in America. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're jiggling your leg to do the jump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That could <laughs> could maybe sort of work, but not really. It would be pretty funny. Rings hit. Insert joke here about getting your ring fit. <laughs> okay. That had to be done. Uh, is that all news? More or less. More or less. Rockstar has its own game launcher now because everyone has their own game launcher now. Yep. Can you buy anything for it? Or is it just a launcher? <laughs> I don't actually know. Is let, that me, a, let me look at this news story real quick. Is that how you buy like shark cards now? And they just try to cut out. Well, where do you get shark cards? I just well, it, just... it says you can buy and play Rockstar games through this launcher. So oh, okay, so presumably... it, it is a store. Presumably, the Grand Theft Auto games exist. And judged by the screenshot, only the Grand Theft Auto games exist. Yeah, right. As you would imagine. You know, maybe they should have launched it when Red Dead PC Edition was available. Which... Aren't we like nearly a year on from Red Dead 2's release now and there's still no word on the PC version? Yeah, but they never tell you that until the last moment. Well, I mean, say never. The one other time this has happened. Well, I thought, well, what, GTA 5, there was a year's delay, wasn't there? Between... Yeah, but then they didn't announce it until like the last possible second, right? It was like a couple of months before it actually yeah. happened that I they thought... said it was happening. Mm, yeah, I thought there was a bit more. I suppose also there was, they might have, it might have been at the same time they announced the next gen version right the yeah. sort of the definitive the remade but upscaled version or whatever they put on exponent ps4 yeah i'd be like yeah the pc version's that means maybe we'll get red dead 2 when ps5 launches <laughs> next year i guess that would make sense like a weird two-year gap between the doesn't need a, like a definitive edition though it's already a ridiculously good looking game it's like, imagine what, how good that game would be at 60 frames per second. Mm. Mm. Even more gorgeousness. <laughs> or gruesomeness. Whichever side you take. Yeah. More dirt. <laughs> so, that's that. That's news. That's news. Game. Games. Games. Well, I already almost talked about two of the things I've been playing. I better carry on it. <laughs> Um, well, I examine this Joy-Con. Oh, you're gonna look! You're gonna look at the rail. Within range, I just realised. <laughs> no, I've accidentally turned on. Stop! Oh, don't turn on your switch. <laughs> it's fine. I survived. Um, so one of the things that I mentioned was uh, Guild Wars Two. <laughs> Guild Wars Two is the in thing with Kippers at the moment, and as I said, as I alluded to earlier, why he was why he's in Guild Wars Two hmm. is influencers influencing. Because apparently, influencers be influencing. He he told me that the reason he started playing it is because he would he had been watching a bunch of people on Twitch play WoW Classic, <laughs> right? And he was like, "I fancy playing some kind of MMO," and so he played the one that he already has, not WoW. <laughs> Thankfully, 
he didn't go in for something new. He just went back to Guild Wars. Huh. And I was like, hell yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'll come back to Guild Wars. I haven't launched it in four years, apparently, <laughs> if judging, judging by judging by the number of birthday presents that I, my characters all got when I logged in. <laughs> Jeez. So here's your fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh birthday presents. Right. Oh, God, why are the so full? Is <laughs> some more crap to shove in them. But they were always full, right? Yep. Because you played that game a lot. Well, sure. But for other reasons. Uh, other reasons they were full as well, but not just the amount of time. But yeah, Kippers is in. Jammy is in. Oh, God. So now Rolf has to get in. No. I've declared it. Don't make me. <laughs> Do it. Oh. With the four of us, we might even not quite be able to do a dungeon. <laughs> barely have the time. Because they have designed for five people. We barely have the time to play enough Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is about Guild Wars is like you don't need to invest time into it because you're you've already got your level eighty character. <laughs> I've got one level eighty character. Sure, but then you can just bring that wherever. You can just play it for fun. Eighty still the cap then. Yeah. Well, in base Guild Wars, I don't know if they extended the cap in the expansions. I don't think they did. I think they, there's just this other leveling system that you get in the expansions mega levels <laughs> yes they're like extra levels on top of your actual level uber level but yeah i mean kipper's made a new character to play with jammy which makes sense mm. run through the early game how much has that game changed really not really much well in the you know in the base game not really any any apart from you see everyone having mounts and gliders which are expansion content Okay, I'm gonna gonna agree with you on the fact that this must be induction charged. Yes, there's no metal on that. There's absolutely nothing. <laughs> so yeah, and, or you just see constant people riding around on dragons. Basically, is the main thing that's changed because <laughs> everyone has the mounts and they go real fast. And it's real disappointing when you're running along and you get overtaken by a shit ton of people on mounts. <laughs> but that's how they yeah. sell expansion packs. Yeah, I don't think I've had a mount. Well, you wouldn't have because no. they're not in the base game. No, it's a shame. In, like that's the thing with Final Fantasy fourteen as well, right? You don't actually have to buy one, but like you have to put in a quite a lot of effort. Well, that was always get... the old wow problem, wasn't it? Yeah, grind for your mount. Yeah, grout. But at least as an engineer in Guild Wars, you can get your potions on the speed potions. That's a reasonable speed boost for engineers. Sure, easily accessible. I mean, not that every class doesn't have at least one speed boost skill, but it's still slower than a mount. So yeah, we um I logged in logged into all my characters so that all their inventories could get fucked up by by birthday presents. Apparently one of my characters I weirdly logged in to I I went through all of my characters just to get all the birthday presents and then sort all that crap out into the various places I store stuff. <laughs> which is sometimes a character and sometimes the bank. But like one of my characters only got like the sixth birthday present instead of the seventh. And I was like, oh, this character's slightly younger. I forgot forget which ones I made first. But then like two days later when I logged back in, then I got the seventh. And I was like, well, that's weirdly coincidental. <laughs> I logged in almost exactly at that character's birthday. <laughs> but yeah, I sort of all that. Discovered that one of my characters has an inventory entirely full of snowflakes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I have a lot of those. Like way too many. And then discover that that's the snowflakes that that character has are like an old item that no longer exists, and you can convert them into the new version of the snowflake. But the the old version had like five different tiers of rarity, whereas the new version just has one. But then because you can convert the old ones to the new ones, the rare ones are worth more of the, of the new one, 
So that character's inventory isn't just full of snowflakes, it's literally more than full of snowflakes, because you can't even convert all the ones that are there into the new ones, because they take up more space than exists. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a lot of snowflakes. I'll just leave that. I'll just let those can just stay there. Yeah, <laughs> until next time you actually want to buy something with flakes. <laughs> I don't even know what they're for, really. They're for Christmas crafting, but like yeah. that seems to be the only thing, maybe. You can sell them on the market, I guess. Get quite a lot of money, maybe. Sell them as old flakes. Well, vintage, vintage flakes. Yeah, but I looked at the market for those, and they're no, they're no different uh, price-wise. They just convert the same amount of money. That's a shame. Well, it's because there's no, they're not actually, you know, usable in any other purpose apart from converting to the new. No, one. but I want like some completionist somewhere. Sure, but there's like, so I'm, many I'm of them on the market that that's not yeah, a thing okay. yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rarity hasn't become a thing. I've got those As you can tell flags. by the fact that my character has like twenty thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not I'm clearly not gonna be able to play that character at any point in the near future without a lot of inventory shuffling. But like at least a couple two or three of my characters usually have enough space to play reasonably. So I logged in occasionally, went around with Kippers and occasionally did my own things because, as usual, you know, dailies are there to be done. And sometimes they're ones that we can all do. And sometimes it's like, no, this one's one of my higher level areas that I have to go to by myself. Because <laughs> I guess I hadn't really thought of that, but I guess the dailies must adjust based on your character level. Right. I see. So that it's only offering ones that you can actually do. Yeah. Like areas that are at your character's level, mm. so level eighties can go everywhere. But then that Kipper's playing his new level twenty character, or whatever, only gets go if it tells you to go to an area. It'll only be one of those low level areas. We did do the swamp boss, the Shadow Behemoth, because that turned up in the dailies, and obviously that turns up for me as well because that's just a world boss. So we went and did that. Not that that's a complicated world boss. <laughs> you just stand there and hit it until it dies. And then some portals appear, I guess, and you close those real quickly. Or actually, you don't, because everyone who uses mounts just does it instantly, because they're way faster than you. Right. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. As long as you're damaging the boss, you still get participation, and that's all that matters in Guild Wars. And then you open the big chest and get some crap loot. <laughs> as always. <laughs> but it might be alright for Kippers. Well, apart from he doesn't have the magic find. Because uh, his account doesn't—he hasn't put like that much time into his account to get the magic fine percentage up. But that's that's account wide, isn't it? Yes, well? it is. Yeah. So he'll still have some from where he played before, but not mm. that much. I mean, I mean, I technically don't have that much, and I'm sure there's people. Yeah, you with, must have loads. I'm sure there's it. people with thousands of percent of magic fine by yeah. now who've been playing continuously over the last four years that I haven't been. <laughs> but who knows what how much that percentage affects whatever roles it's doing yeah, you never know yeah it's, it's just a big unknown it might not be doing anything i'm sure it's doing something but not like yeah who, who can say i mean i'm sure there's been research probably on a wiki somewhere where someone's just looked at their drop rates and analyzed it i've seen wikis like that for several games where it's just like here's a big here's a big table in my user page where it just has everything that i did hmm. <laughs> and use this data to analyze something i guess hmm. See what you can learn. So yeah, um, yeah, we ran around in Guild Wars, did some Guild Warsy things, <laughs> did some Warsy things. For some reason, I don't know why he did this, but like Kipper's original character was a Mesmer, which is a weird character to start with in Guild Wars. Mm. <laughs> but it's also a light armor class, right? His new character is an Elementalist. 
the other annoying light armor class. Right. I'm like, why would you but do that? But that's a lot easier, isn't it? Like Elementist in terms of conceptually. Well, like, kind of, except the Elementist. It's like straight up, straight up magic, right? Well, sure, but you have like the, you have four different attunements. Like you have four different skill sets depending on which element you're attuned to. Right. So it's actually a lot of different skills, potentially, that you can toggle between in like mid combat even. Because it's on your like your F keys, like how the engineer has the special kit stuff. Oh right, yeah, special kit stuff. I was about to say, there's not like the weapon skills. Switch. No, but, I mean, the, the, also the weapon skills are dependent on the element that you're attached to as well. So you have the weapons create oh, wow. the skills for that element, and then if you switch element, you get different skills there as well. So, that, so there's actually loads. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of elementalist skills. Huh. But I was, it's more the armor class thing that is like. You probably should have played a heavier character. Yeah, because you can use some of the other stuff you're getting. Well, and so you can not die immediately in combat because yeah. <laughs> you I know mean, how I've... Kippers plays games. I literally saw him several times <laughs> as an elementalist, charging, li- literally running up to enemies. It's like you're a ranged character, man. <laughs> you don't need to be standing right here where they can hit you. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was using a staff, and that's definitely a range. For him. Yeah, kite it back. <laughs> But then when I came in with my guardian, I was just like, for some, I, I, I never know whether this is actually a thing or whether it just seems like it, but just existing as a guardian, I just draw aggro. So, <laughs> so yeah, everything right. just comes to me. <laughs> One of those, like, that's like a balance thing. I was like, oh, you can tank it a bit more. Well, I mean, that's what I assume. Is, I don't like, I've never known whether that's actually a thing that happens or not. Because mm. there's no, like, I don't even think there's any taunt skills in Guild Wars. Oh, right. To try and draw aggro. Yeah, to draw aggro. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, you know, not any that I remember, and certainly not like a lot of them, if there are any. Hmm. But yeah, it's just like whenever I'm playing the Guardian, it just seems like everyone just comes straight to me. And it's like, well, that's my job, I guess. <laughs> and I can tank pretty good on that Guardian. Mainly because it's built for just self-healing, pretty much. It's like a really, it's a really bad build if you want to help people, which is kind of what Guardians are meant to do. Mm. All I can do is help myself and keep myself alive, which lets me tank damage, which I guess is kind of just helping people, but it's not like I can heal people that much. I can a little bit, but. <laughs> I mostly focus on just standing there and taking it. Mm. And then I also briefly also played with Kippers with my engineer and showed off all my fancy kit <laughs> on the engineer. Also, there's some other things that I guess have changed since last time I played, like some of the, uh, I guess, like the tonics and stuff. Well, not even the tonics, like the the fancy tonics and the, and the toys and whatnot. They've been converted to be stored in the wardrobe, like how weapon skins are. So you no longer have to have the item. Ah, uh, right. Okay. It just so goes into your wardrobe and then that's the count locked or whatever. Okay, but the other like infinite because went the time yeah the infinite stuff. ones do okay, that right not yeah. the other ones not yeah the, the, like, not the time use. limited ones okay yeah so that helped me clear out a bit of inventory space because I was like oh I've got all these I can just port into my storage so, and then also a few new crafting materials storages as well hmm. they expanded like the doubloons that for some reason never yeah, went right. into crafting storage yeah <laughs> and it's like oh now they do good okay sort that out <laughs> clear out a bit more space. And then I looked at the guild bag and was like, yep, it's still full of food. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Get your boosts. Well, actually, it's only half full of food. The other half is dyes and crafting materials. Never. I really I should remember to tell Kippers and Jerry to look through get, all those get, dyes. Get in the guild. Yeah, get your, well, they're in the guild. But... Get your purple and orange on. Yeah, because I, I had heard 
Jerry mentioning to Kipper's where it's like he got he got a die drop and she and he was like I don't want to identify it in case it turns out to be pink and then you'll be mad at me right. <laughs> and I'm like well maybe go look at our guild bank because I bet there's probably we at might, least one might, pink in there we might have some <laughs> and also just fucking take anything you can out of that guild bank god <laughs> <laughs> right just clear it up like take what you want yeah, go. just take anything that you can legitimately take get the crafting out yeah any of the crafting materials that you can put into your crafting bank just take them I don't uh, care I love it I love it we've got so many <laughs> and all the dies because all those dies are duplicates to me which is why they're in the first uh, place okay well I might nickel over it then. well I think they I think we already did that I think that was back oh, when you, me and you were playing, so I think those are all duplicates to you as well. Oh, balls. <laughs> yeah, but you played it a lot, lot, lot for a lot longer than after I stopped. Some lot longer, yeah. But I don't think... I, dice got weirdly rare for a while. I don't know if they changed how dice drop. Dice were reason. always rare. Well, they were quite rare, but like you, we still got quite a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got a lot of silver. Didn't we like? Or like, is there like? There's one specific color. I think I got a lot of. Mm, maybe. Yeah, I do remember. Or maybe it was brown. Some or kind of color that we got <laughs> frequently. But yeah, some, was something, something drab. We can still run around. Do I mean, we could. I mean, it, in theory, I guess it would run great, <laughs> way better now than it used to. Although, actually, I mean, it never ran badly on my old machine. In true, fairness, but like Maybe for you, sure. Yeah, but when I got into but some, it, but what is it like? Because it was always. Like, how do the servers hold up now? Because, like, mean, ser- server lag was, was a problem in some of the bigger fights. I don't fights. think they were, really. I don't think it was that bad. But, uh, I mean, we didn't get in that. We did that world boss, I guess, which mm. had quite a few people. But, again, I wasn't really doing anything. I was standing still, spamming attacks. <laughs> so I wouldn't have noticed if it was lagging, really. How many new players do you think it's drawing in? Like, who actually plays... Like, who are the people playing Guild Wars now, do you think? Well, I mean, after they made the base game free... Oh, right. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it has a free-to-play version, I guess. Mm. It's, you know, it's got locked features or whatever, like how those free-to-play versions do of other games like EVE or whatever. Sure. But after they made that free and then the the second expansion happened, I, it still seems like there's quite a lot of people around. <laughs> Wait, like, is it easy to tell? Because, well, Guild Wars, Guild Wars I suppose, always had that instant auto-instancing thing, right? Yeah. So it's... So you couldn't really tell whether the server was populated. Well, like how many instances were going on. Yeah, or, or... like how split up your specific server was into instances, I guess. Because right, yeah. I did see that one time when we were on a map. I think it was after the world boss, because there's that pop-up that comes up that says that this instance is low population, so you should move to a, oh, to a sure. high population yeah. version of this same map. It's like, please move off this. We want to kill this instance. Yeah, and it gives you a little buff bonus when you do. Oh, does it? Oh, uh-huh. yeah. So that still exists, I guess, but you know, there's no way of telling how populated anything is. World versus world, it still looked like the same, you know, the servers, right. free servers that it puts against each other. Mm. They do their fight. So I wouldn't have said that the population has affected the gameplay at all yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not got right. low population enough that it's noticeable anyway. Yeah, interesting. Well that's good for really for a game that of that age. And also you have to consider the fact that I'm only we're only seeing people in the original Guild Wars world, not anything in the expansions. Yeah, so there could be sure. tons more people over in the expansion yeah, lands. I guess. Does that affect things like World vs. World, though? Like, do they have new worlds? I haven't actually gone into World vs. World to see if there's anything different there, but I assume it's still the same World vs. World map. Mm. I think there are some other 
like other PvP modes that are in new environments. Like I saw reference to the like some maps that are Elonian, which is the second expansion, I think. It's the desert from the original Guild Wars Nightfall expansion. Right, okay. Because <laughs> they're reusing all that. I'm just waiting for them to go back to Camphor. That's where I want to be. Hmm. The first expansion to Guild Wars 1. That was where I spent most of my time in Guild Wars 1. I'll go back there and see. Well, I never them. even got there, did I? Yeah. So I never saw that stuff. We never really got out of the desert or everything. No. Because <laughs> the desert is a pain in the butt in Guild Wars 1. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's Guild Wars. They're doing it again. Not that much, but, you know. Get in there. Uh, oh, uh. You have a nice character. You get to play your engineer. That's good. My sweet Asura. Yeah. Then yeah. I can play my fucking thief and not have any goddamn idea what I'm doing again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was pretty much how I went through all of my characters where I logged into them. I was like, okay, the engineer I remember because that's what I played all the time. But what, are these, what are these other characters even skilled for? <laughs> how did they work? Oh, no, wait. I did have a plant lady, didn't I, for a bit that we played? Yeah. Uh, I think I started a necromancer. Yeah. I remember because that's like, like but I, think one... I, I think I like did like a level or something <laughs> with her though. Like it was like that was the one character class that I never made a character on. I think or I, don't know, I guess there must be two. Oh, I didn't do warrior of course because who would do warrior? Oh, right, Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to be a warrior. <laughs> that's why I have guardian. Right, it's like warrior but better, <laughs> but more interesting. Someone needs to be a guardian. Some players like it. Kippers might like it. Really. Yeah. I think Kibbers should have played a Necromancer. Yeah? Because that is still medium armor. <laughs> right, yeah. Keep... <laughs> For armor reasons only. And also, he could have... Well, no, I... I was about to say he could have been cool colors, but I guess purple and orange doesn't really work for a Necromancer. <laughs> Wasn't Fanji Gimboy the Ranger or something as well, or something like that? No. Well, I don't know if he has a third character. Because the only ones I've seen is the Mesmer and the Elementalist. I thought, I thought he was a Ranger the first time he played, but... Maybe I'm thinking of Guild Wars 1. I don't Ooh, know. Ma- yeah, maybe. Jeremy's a ranger. Okay. So. Mm. I guess that makes sense. She wants pets. Except, uh, right, yeah. except, except the pets in Guild Wars suck. <laughs> maybe get the pink mower. That's probably the one that she'll want. <laughs> Wait, I don't know where they spawn. Maybe in the jungle somewhere. Well, I mean, that's where mowers spawn, but I don't know where the pink one spawns specifically. In the jungle. Yeah, Guild Wars. It's Weird. still 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 fine. Weird. And do you reckon they'll do a Guild Wars three? Like know. our arena net still like... Are they still going to do another expansion at this point, I guess? Yeah. Not... Are, are they as big a thing as they once were? Mm, well I mean like, were, in general. Were they ever a big thing though? I think that was the trick to Guild Wars, wasn't it? They were well, like Arena Net was never actually that big, but Guild Wars was like surprisingly good considering. That was the one, yeah. But they they had, they had quite a few like MMOs around that period. Yeah, right? they did other stuff. Was WildStar then as well? Maybe. Or didn't they have some kind of like space western? MMO yeah, maybe. For a bit? I mean, it doesn't exist anymore. No. I'm pretty sure. I think this is the only one they've got that's still going. Yeah, but. What if Good Wars 1 is still running somewhere? I'm pretty but... sure they said that would never go down, and I've still got it installed, so I can easily see. <laughs> you still got it installed? Yeah. Well, Amazing. I never deleted it, because I did play it briefly. Because I played it on this computer quite early on in this computer's life cycle, like seven years ago or whatever. I played it before Guild Wars 2 came out, because I was doing map completion in Guild Wars 1 to get the bonus in Guild Wars 2. Oh, God. <laughs> Not that that bonus was consequential in any way because in order to actually get the real bonuses for the 
for the achievement tracking, you had to do a lot of ridiculous shit in Guild Wars 1. Mm. It had some whole hall of monuments or whatever. So the only one of those achievements I ever did, was, ever managed to do, was map completion, because I could do that by myself. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's how I roll in Guild Wars. Solo all the way. Man, I remember, like, the... That feeling of possibility, you know, the feeling of possibility you get when you when you first start playing Breath of the Wild, yeah, and you and the and like the mechanics start to reveal yourself, and you're like, oh god, this is huge, and I could encounter anything. Yep, I remember having that feeling when we first started, like, expl- you know, because of the explorable areas in Guild Wars One, right? When we first did that bit in the beta, I think it was that we played. Yeah, and we're just sort of wandering around and sort of coming across things and being like. Okay, this is really quite interesting. And then the real game came out, and you realize that's kind of all it was. It was like there wasn't any possibility space. It was everything you did in the beta, pretty much. Well, it yeah, was... kind of. I mean, that's always. And, and I think, like, Guild Wars 2, actually, to some extent, kind of has that problem, like, as well. There isn't actually a huge variety in what you can do, really. It's just like. Well, there's like, jumping puzzles, at least. <laughs> apart from the jumping puzzles, yeah. And there have been a few additional, like, well, I mean, I guess this is not really anything that new, but there's been a few additional extra things inserted into the open world. Like one of, I think it must have been in the first expansion when, well, maybe the second expansion when they introduced introduced mounts. There's a specific kind of mount called roller beetles, and then now in certain of the open world maps, there's roller beetle race tracks. Okay, that's kind of cool. Where you can yeah. just have a race, and it like it, it announces on screen for everyone in the map who won the race. which is kind of weird I actually kind of like that but then then there's a few other like spillover events from the other expansions basically the crab catching events (laughs) ported back into the original like weird portals and stuff that I don't recognise which is like oh there's this weird portal and some enemies are coming out of it so then an event spawns I mean, there were ideas that were kind of neat. Like, was it the doors? Was it the Halloween doors, or whatever? Or just the random doors that would turn up on the map? Yeah, I mean, the Halloween—that's the Halloween equivalent of portals, sort of. Yeah, I mean, they were kind of neat, and it's just, but like, I don't know. I never felt like any either of the guilders had quite enough. Just like we look at and go, "What the hell is that?" Like from afar, and be like, "Okay, what?" Like how? Like, well, what, what well, is, when you say from afar, I think that it's like it's more of a sightline problem than Guild Wars. Maybe because you're yeah. always in like a valley, essentially. I guess you never see anything from far away. Yeah, they're all quite pathed, I suppose. The route through the environment. Yeah, and, and you know there are some arguably interesting things to see, but only if you're like. I guess sort of interested in lore or like familiar with the Guild Wars universe <laughs> in some way. It's like I think a bit of me had some interest in it at first, but then I quickly <laughs> just got like a zombie zombie dragon, whatever. Because <laughs> like if you look at the Guild Wars two map, obviously it's the same world, and there's a lot of locations that are the same. And if you go to certain locations in Guild Wars two, you can like you can see where Guild Wars one was. Like here's the ruins of a town that you were in yeah. in Guild Wars one. I mean that kind of stuff was cool. Is is a cool touch. I kind of always like. Uh, what, it's not Lion's Arch. Lion's Arch is the big town, yeah. right? But there is one other town that's big enough and was from the first game. That you can sort of visit the ruins of, isn't it? Like you, or you go to the outskirts. Yeah, of. there's a couple. Well, I can think of a couple of different places where that might happen. But mm. 
I'm, I'm sort of surprised they never really like super doubled down on that and been like, yeah, you can go go to the old areas now. Like, well, I mean, that's <laughs> they're doing in the expansions. We can go to the desert, rather mm. go deeper into the jungle. Well, I think the regular Guild Wars two map nearly covers the whole of Guild Wars one's jungle. How many fair carapaces have you found? <laughs> I haven't found any reason. I haven't been fighting any devourers. Oh, man. All about that fair carapace. <laughs> Get, just get tons of them. I don't even remember where the Varus spawn any longer in Guild Wars 2. It must be in Ascalon still, somewhere. In the land of brown. <laughs> the land of brown. <laughs> Fed Carapus. Although not the land of brown that is ore, of course. Right, yeah. Kippers is just about to get to that on his Mesmer character. He's up to like level 70. Right. And he's like, <laughs> and we've just done the that mission where you go into like, you go to the pale tree and you go into the dream version of ore where you just walk right. around and look at stuff for a minute. And I'm like, you're going to hate it when we actually get <laughs> This place sucks. So is, so is he plant person? No, because you go to... It's because you're with Traherne, the commander oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Traherne, I don't know. <laughs> All the story of Guild Wars 2. Commander Traherne. No. So, yeah. So we can get the, the get the dream team into Guild Wars. Oh no, you're not. You're, he's not commander. You're commander, right? Yeah, you're the commander, and you're he's commander. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall Traherne. Sounds about right. Marshall Mathers Traherne. <laughs> yeah, we can get the dream team together. We can fail to do a dungeon because they're rated for five people. <laughs> okay, we could try. I'd be interested to see how well that goes. I mean, we'd have to wait until Jamie gets to at least level 30 because the first dungeon doesn't unlock until okay. 30, I think, even though it's rated to level 20. Well, I could just always, you know, try and level up my, like, like plant lady, I suppose. <laughs> or you could just use one of the inevitable instant boosts that you've accumulated from birthday presents at this I, point. I guess, actually, <laughs> at this point, like, I'm not likely to care about doing the uh, grind. No. So it's just like, hey, get my necromancer up. Let's see what happens. So I said the same thing to Kippers. I was like... If you if you're if you don't like this mesmer at level seventy, you could probably just create an entirely new character and instantly level to seventy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I used all my slots, so I probably got like but they have tons of birthday stuff anyway. Yeah. Probably. Oh, I don't know. But yeah. I'd be definitely interested to try one of those dungeons just to see what would happen. The mm. trouble is that the first one that unlocks is fucking Ascalon Catacombs, which is well, I, again, maybe it's changed by now. I would hope, maybe, but like Asgore Catalogues was well known for being one of the hardest dungeons for being the lowest level dungeon. Great. <laughs> and Balance. I, I barely remember like what you have to do, but I'd definitely be interested to try it and see how badly we fail. How many carapaces you can find? I don't think there's any devourers in there. Well, no, maybe like, maybe a few. Maybe something will just give It's up. mostly ghosts. Maybe a ghost will just give up a carapace for some reason. <laughs> Ghostly carapace. Yeah. <laughs> Ecto carapace. Yeah. So, carapace, carapace, <laughs> carapace, carapace. That's Guild Wars. Um, relatedly to things that are trending currently, I've been playing Minecraft, oh, as God. I said previously. <laughs> Mainly because, again, this is another situation of something that I've mentioned previously, because I put that new RAM in my PC. Oh, yeah. And there was that mod pack that I played previously that overloaded my RAM in Minecraft because it uses too much stuff and requires you to travel too much, which loads too much map and overloads in my RAM. Like, now I've got this more RAM, I can actually try this mod pack for real. So I did. It's the, it's the weird, it's called SevTech Ages, which is basically like playing Civilization from first person. You go through a tech tree, mm. only it's more like, because the thing about mod packs usually 
or previously, I guess, because now it's all the rage to do this. But previously in Minecraft, the mod packs are just like literally mod packs, just a big pile of mods, spread them together and form some kind of coherent concept out of it, maybe. But now mod packs all have pro- progression. So, like, they can lock individual parts of mods or mods them, whole mods, and then, like, parcel it out over time. Mm. So, like, the new version of Sky Factory does kind of the same thing. You don't just see everything from the start. You It unlocks parts of that sort of, I guess you call that a tech tree-ish. It unlocks it over time, so you're not just completely overwhelmed by just a massive list of things that you can theoretically make and not mm. know what to do. <laughs> So yeah, the SevTech Ages does the same thing, but in the context of like, you know, actual technology progress, start off in the Stone Age and make shitty shit tools and then <laughs> gradually learn about metal forging and and then eventually go to space, of course. Space. How does that work? How does space work in Minecraft? Well, exactly the way you think it does. <laughs> you just go to other planets that exist a lot. I mean, you build a rocket and you fly huh. and then teleporters eventually. The hell? A bit of me wonders how like, the tech in Minecraft actually works to do that. Like, is it deload, reload, or something? Well, it's just another... It's like the Never or whatever. It's just another map huh, that you okay. teleport to, essentially. Except now you appear in a rocket flying downwards instead mm. of a portal. <laughs> essentially the same thing. But yeah, I've, I haven't got that far yet. I've only got to sort of... Me- I don't know, middle of the metalworking age, I guess. I can make decent tools now, but not the best tools, and I can't upgrade the tools that I make because they're meant to have upgrade slots. And they say they have upgrade slots, but you can't do it until the next age. <laughs> right. When that unlocks. So I'm just like, you know, doing Minecrafty. Uh, currently, I'm just doing sort of Minecrafty things. <laughs> Although it's weird because the way it locks up mods, like parts of mods and whole mods uh, into this progression weirdly kind of forces you to very briefly visit a mod and then just leave it because <laughs> like in the early game one of the first ones you come across is like um totems like totem magic where you can like get a get a flute and a and a rattle and do a totem dance and get buffs <laughs> okay and it's like so there's that little bit of that it makes you do that to basically spawn buffalo because there's a certain totem ritual you have to do to turn cows into buffalo Okay. To get a certain resource that Buffalo drop. All right. To progress. But then after that, it's just like, and we're done with that mod. <laughs> it's just we'll, like, we'll, we'll never come back to that again. Yeah, we'll probably never interface with that again. And then that's happened like a couple more times. Like there's one which is like Abyssal Craft, which is like <laughs> Cthulhu or whatever, like going into the other world planes and all that stuff. You you get a Nep- Necronomicon and you do a single ritual to get the item you need to progress. And then it's like, and we're done. <laughs> hmm. And we're done with that. I'm probably just introducing the mods to you, like. Well, sure. I mean, like, it, and you could do other things in those mods, sort of, but not exactly fully, because, well, I mean, certainly some of these later ones, like Blood Magic, are are coming back again. Like more than one thing that you need from those, so you actually have to progress through that mod specific progression a little bit, like upgrade your Blood Altar or whatever. But it is kind of weird where it's just like sometimes it feels like you, you do one thing in a mod and then you just leave. It's also very annoying with like other dimensions. Like I've already been to like four different other dimensions and then like got in there, got one resource and then just left again pretty much. It's like this is kind of getting a bit excessive. I've got like four different portals just spread around my base 
that just lead to random other dimensions that have their own mechanics. Hmm. <laughs> Some of them are more annoying than others. The jump scare dimension. I, I always hate that one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's actually worked really totally because it's a mod. I don't know what mod it's attached to. It's called the Beneath. It's basically like one giant cave. So it's basically like normal Minecraft, except the cave is really big and there's no, there's nothing apart from the cave. Mm. So it's really just to go and get like mineral resources, essentially. But the trick to it is that like, well, A, it's incredibly dark, obviously, because it's just one huge cave. So you have to light it up, but also like spooky shadow monsters spawn in the dark. And if you stand in the dark too long, you just start taking damage. (coughs) So it's like, and some versions of that mod have a lot more jump scares than others <laughs> when it tries to tone up the spooky a bit too much but this version is like reasonable there's just like one shadow monster that sometimes appears it's very loud though which is kind of annoying <laughs> well it's not it's not even jump scary loud it's just constantly loud no like it has a sound effect that it plays <laughs> like mo yeah angry moaning or whatever but it <laughs> plays but it's like way louder than all the other enemy sound effects for no apparent reason <laughs> <laughs> it's quite annoying but yeah, I went in there. That kind of sucks. How does it jump scare you then? Well, I mean, a lot of stuff in Minecraft just jump scare you, scares you because I think we've previously talked about this in Game of the Year. A lot of the time in Minecraft, there's no noise, and then suddenly there's noise. <laughs> Something just appears on you. So I keep getting jump scared by fucking Venus flytraps in the overworld because when I'm riding <laughs> my horse, you ride the horse and it's just like making the galloping noise. You ride into a Venus flytrap and the horse takes damage and it like neighs or whatever, and that jump scares me because I'm not expecting to suddenly get hit while I'm just riding in a straight line. <laughs> it's just like this is really annoying. Why do these Venus flytraps do damage to a horse? <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of crazy or me for that matter are they like secretly piranha plants <laughs> I guess they're not not just Venus flytraps yeah. but yeah Jupiter that, flytraps that's definitely the way that Minecraft can jump scare <laughs> loud abrupt noises <laughs> tends okay. to be the thing that does it <laughs> but yes that the jump scare dimension definitely had other like more serious jump scares previously but it's definitely toned down and that's the other thing about this weird progression is like there's a lot of even when they're just using the progression of the mod, it's sort of adjusted slightly to make it like less reliant on that mod in, in entire like to actually be part of the progression. So like when you do the blood ritual with the blood magic to get the bloodstone or whatever, you then immediately use that in a completely different mod. But that mod's recipes have been adjusted to use the bloodstone. So it's like it's created this weird crossover between the mods. Interesting. Yeah. Mods relying on mods. Yeah. It's it's definitely the modern version of the Minecraft mod pack is to do that now. Mm. To actually, yeah, like, can... it's not just take all these mods and keep them in a big pile any longer. <laughs> sort of mildly curate them and tune them. And... Yeah. Do slightly more complicated things. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's Minecraft. It still continues to be Minecraft with its big pile of mods. Whoop. Um... Uh, You're adding to the problem. Well, naturally. (laughs) Minecraft is big now. Get those big YouTube views. Minecraft was always big. Now it's it's bigger than Fortnite again, though. (laughs) We're bigger than Fortnite. All the kids will go back to playing Minecraft instead of Fortnite, Mm. which is, I would say, preferable. (laughs) I did. Anecdotally, you know the noisy kids in the neighborhood? Yeah. Were they talking about Fortnite? Well, not about Fortnite, actually. There was, they were stood right outside the window as they tend to do, yep. screaming. 
but they were screaming like, "Why are you still playing Minecraft?" Oh, <laughs> disappointing. They seemed very surprised that like one of them was still a Minecraft player, but they didn't say what they preferred. Like, what was the better? No. What was the thing to go to? I didn't. I didn't catch that. And he didn't say because certain YouTubers are now playing Minecraft. I couldn't make that out <laughs> if he did. <laughs> I think that was when the screaming actually stopped, or was it just overridden by scream other screaming? <laughs> screams upon screams. It's, That's just, it's, just, it's just all screams. It's screams, screams, and scooters. Yeah, it's their gang name. Screams and scooters. <laughs> um, what else did I do? Well, we 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 very briefly went into Stormworks again because Stormworks has been having a weird set of problems with multiplayer, where they they make a patch, which in the patch patch notes declares that they fixed a thing that we recognized as a bug in our multiplayer game and we were like oh thank god they fixed that thing that was stopping us from playing multiplayer we go into play multiplayer and a new interesting bug has evolved that stops us from playing multiplayer again until the next patch notes comes along and they say they fixed it again (laughs) it's like we keep discovering new and interesting ways for multiplayer to be broken when we're trying to play it i guess it's because you keep stopping each time those bugs might have always been there yeah but i don't think they are it feels Mm. like definitely these last two or three patches have been we've gone in because they fixed the previous bug and a new bug has immediately appeared that's prevented us playing it until the next one where they say they fixed it again. It's just weird. I mean, the multiplayer definitely feels in general like way better now. Mm. Like the, the patch that first made us come back to it was like their big, we've redone the multiplayer. It's much better now patch. But you know, now we're getting through the smaller bugs that keep <laughs> evolving in the multiplayer. The last one we had was a weird glitch where, like, when you got out of a uh, out of a boat or out of a pilot seat or whatever, it didn't re- didn't like unlink your physics from the vehicle, so you like could move. <laughs> weird, like you okay. just you just got all sticky for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And you're saying you had some fun ones though, like with like helicopter blades not visibly moving. Yeah, that's one that I had where, like, for clients you can't see the rotors rotate for some reason. <laughs> Which is that's only a visual bug, luckily, mm. not actually a physics bug. <laughs> but in general, it's been working better. But the the thing is, you could kind of still play that game quite a lot without realizing that there's bugs. Like that's why we kept go playing because we'd go in, we'd be like, okay, let's go back to doing doing our building. Basically, we'd, we'd go in, we'd be like, okay, I'm going to build this boat or whatever. And then, like, an hour and a half later, where it's like, now it's time to test this boat. Oh, wait, now the physics are broken. Oh, now we have to stop. Because, <laughs> like, when yeah. you're doing the design phase, you're not really doing anything. It's like, it's just a UI. You're not existing in the world. <laughs> so you don't realize that the things are bugged until you've got quite a way into that process. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. The, the, tr- the problem I've been having is it's very tempting to spawn the old vehicles that I already made. Like, when we needed a helicopter, I was like, well, I could just spawn my old helicopter. Because yeah. <laughs> that will still work. Well, I, I guess something we, we didn't fully know that they did still work because there had been actual changes to, like, how engines work mm. in vehicles. But, like, I spawned it in and it was like, yeah, it still functions. This helicopter is still totally valid. We can totally use this for this mission that we have to do. Mm. Or I could build an entire new one and take, like, an extra two hours about it. Mm. <laughs> and it's just like, it's very tempting to just spawn the old ones. Rather than actually engaging in the build system again yeah. and try and build something better. But the trouble is that like, the building is the, is the game, really. Because hmm. the missions aren't interesting. Just like go to a place and pick up a thing. <laughs> so you might have already solved the game. 
kind well we haven't really got into very advanced designs yet i guess even the helicopters are quite simple even my second helicopter the bigger one that has like a crane arm in the middle of it that was still not that complicated is where you get into the really big engines and like you're rooting the power and making a bunch of logic and stuff to manage systems. Hmm. That's where it gets really complicated. Can you build a drone ass drone? I don't know if we've tried building a drone ass drone. We built VTOLs. Like a quadcopter. Yeah. I built a, a gyrocopter, hmm. essentially. It's a helicopter blade on top and a propeller, regular propeller at the back. Which was quite fast, but really quite unstable, hmm. <laughs> as gyrocopters tend to be, I guess. <laughs> you have to like have to have a uh, counter rotor on the top as you build or something, like stop rotation. Kind of like you, the tail rotors kind of do that automatically, hmm. just by there being oriented, oriented sideways, and then you attach them to the the gyroscope is just like one thing that has inputs and outputs for yaw and lift and tilt and all that. I so see. you just link right, them yeah. into the into the rotors and then it just automatically figures out which way to rotate the blade okay, or whatever right, yeah so when you're putting a propeller on the back of your gyrocopter you have to basically invert the signal because i because it tries to go forward like it was a plane because it's a mm. propeller <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> reverse a few push me don't pull me yeah but yeah it's definitely it's definitely getting more functional Every patch with the with the physics in general, everything's a lot smoother. Mm. Doesn't feel as laggy, and the new adjustments they've made to the building system seem slightly more logical, log- logical, logical, logical. But like, <laughs> still in that classic way that these games have, where it's like, if you really want to know what's going on, you kind of have to look at a wiki. Smarter than your average bear, logical. <laughs> Because like well, just recently we've been looking at engine efficiency because we're like, you can change the RPM, and you can and there's like inputs and outputs for fuel and air, but it's like if we throttle the the air intake so it runs hotter, does that mm. make it more fuel efficient? It's like we don't really we don't, know. But then is it more dangerous? Well, yeah, exactly. Will it potentially overheat and explode? Because they can do that if you don't have a coolant intake. <laughs> You can overheat the engines and make them explode, but is there like an optimal temperature that we should be aiming to run? Because they like, could we attach a logic circuit to like a flow valve to shut off the coolant flow or limit the coolant flow to increase the engine temperature to make it run better? Mm. It's like you, there's no real way of telling that in the game without just building like a test bed essentially, like just building an engine on a platform and just running it and see what happens, mm. or go and look at a wiki. <laughs> The, it's those kind of obscure game mechanics that make things complicated, but sometimes like not logical in the game. Right, I see. You can't just quite fathom it out. Yeah, you can't just eat warm weight. Or you can, but it's effort. Mm. <laughs> or you just look at a wiki, which is kind of the default solution. Speaking of wiki, I've, I'd kind of forgotten that Guild Wars has a wiki command in-game. Oh, really? If you type slash wiki and then a search term, it just opens the wiki. <laughs> oh, that's kind of neat. What in an in-game browser? No, or... in an outgame. Browser. Oh, right. But it's like it's still an in-game command, hmm. so you can just real quickly wiki the time timing of the world bosses, so you know when where when they're going to spawn. Oh right, weird. So it'd be like wiki timing or something. Yeah, you just there's basically just on the wiki. There's just a big timeline that shows you like here's what's happening currently in the world. Hmm. All these timed events that cycle. Here's when this one's going to start. So you can just look it up and know where to go. Okay, nice. Very helpful. If you want the grind world bosses. Hmm. 
And then that's more or less it. Played Rocket League, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> still no uh, see-through crates. If that's happening. No. I still haven't heard any more. I mean, there hasn't been any news posts, I guess, in general about Rocket League recently. No. Not since four, Rocket Pass 4 started. Yeah. Just been settling down into that. Settling? Mm. Well, what have you we, been like? We've run a little bit longer than I was expecting. Oh, well. uh, but... Uh, let me think. What, what's, what's, <laughs> but what have you been playing? Yeah, what's worth, what's worth actually covering? Uh, I've been working my way through Void Bastards. All right. I think I'm on the verge of escaping the nebula. For the, you're going to win for the first time, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'll go back to it after that. I don't think it's one of those that I want to. Cut. Actually, I think I've had my fill because I think the kind of the problem is is that you're. Uh, you're revisiting a lot, like the ship designs don't really vary enough, and the enemy de- designs aren't varied enough mm. for me. And the shooting is because of the way the loadout works and the, and the uh, way the guns work. I find myself opting for the same sort of loadouts quite frequently rather than experimenting too much. So the run is starting to feel very samey all the time, mm. like going into a thing. There is the odd occasion where I'll go into a thing and be like, oh, okay, there's like a new variant, there's a slightly harder variant of this enemy, oh, and they're actually probably more difficult now, <laughs> and I'm probably in trouble. Or there'll be some combination of events where it's like, oh, this 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 ship is filled with garbage, which is quite funny because it makes you, you like nauseous, and its version of nauseous is, I'm going to color cycle the entire palette. Mm of the game, I'm going to make the audio go all the time. Like Yoshi's Island. A little bit. And I'm going to make your accuracy just the worst. You know, like Counter-Strike, bad, like if you're using the AWP without a scope. You know, you'll <laughs> fire a shot and it goes vertically somehow. Um, and so you can end up in situations where you really can't defend yourself if you're a little bit uncareful. Like I got into one where it's just like, okay, I'm filled with things that are making me nauseous. There's a load of Zex, which are female executive citizens that have huge shields in front of them that block all damage so you have to hit them from behind mm. but nothing ever really turns around like they're always everything's always facing you in that game pretty much so you have to shoot a shot behind her but i wasn't really properly equipped for that because it was one of the air one of the levels that also is set to be there are no citizens on this ship but there are a lot of places where they can spawn so you don't know what's coming mm. and it was just like so you can get caught out like that and be like, okay, I'm now being just overwhelmed. Okay, I've got no choice but to actually just try and peg it at this point and just run past everything and hope I can get there. Which is a problem because these huge, massive shields is like, <laughs> in the way. And it's just like, yeah, it's a bit of a hassle and it gets a bit manic. And it's uh, so that you, you can occasionally get caught out. But I think I've just pretty much got a handle on it at this point. Mm. It's like I can, I've upgraded enough guns and enough stuff so I can just be like, yeah, this isn't too much of a problem. Oh, this is an area of patience? Right, great. I'll take my radioactive thing in, so I only have to shoot one of them, and then they'll all die at once. Which is nice. Now, you learned that one from a loading hint. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, loading hint. Otherwise, I wasn't going to use that gun ever, because it's annoying. But it's like, okay, say like I know I'm going to come across some bigger enemies. I might want the rocket launcher, but I have to do that at the expense of taking my regular-ass pistol. Which means, like, if I wanted to shoot down like security cameras or things that are like low damage, it's like, oh, do I really want to use a rocket to take this out? Mm. And and things. I find the loadout system a bit frustrating. Like, I I almost always want a character that has the gun nut trait, which gives you a fourth random weapon, mm. like from your library, just to be like, okay, now I've got a little bit slightly more flexible arsenal here. 
because I'm carrying an extra weapon that might happen to be another proper gun. I've never found a use for the bloody rifter, which is like, it, like it's supposed to be, hey, you can warp it, it, you could take an enemy and put it in its pattern buffer and put it down somewhere else. Right. So you could theoretically put it behind a locked door, for instance, and put it out of harm's way. Um, but it, like, what I really want to do is just look out a window and put it into space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be way easier. <laughs> but but it, it can't do that. It sort of stops you from doing that. And it's like, okay, this isn't actually that useful. Um, so I've never really used that. Uh, like some of the other bigger weapons, like the, the cluster flak, I think they call it, or something, which is a big old cluster grenade. Like, it takes ages to actually detonate. So you have to fire it and then wait. And then the flaks go ev- go for miles and could explode anywhere. So it's like, well, that's not really practical in the heat of a battle either. <laughs> um, so just like that. And I, I, I wish there was more variation in, in the ship designs. Like, most of the ships always have the same sort of layout, but just the stuff in them might change. Um, which I guess helps you know what to expect when you're just like, oh, you're heading towards a Lux ship. That means it's going to be laid out a little bit like this. There's going to be a dining room with lots of food in it hmm. if you need food. So there's some predict, but there's, there's, the predictability is nice, but also a problem. I just want there to be more, like it's like the roguelike problem, like a lot, a lot of roguelikes have. I want there to be more random. I want it needs to be more Gungeon and need a bit more, more, bit more Isaac in there. <laughs> and I need, I need weird, I need more weird stuff. Surmountable stuff, but weird stuff. Just keep it more interesting. And I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm quite like death is a like is not too much of a problem. It's a setback, like in terms of you'll lose all your ammo, which is actually the bigger problem. Yeah, but and time because it's going to probably take you longer to get back to the point where you, the items you need are. But it's not a huge deal anymore, and I haven't died in friggin' ages, <laughs> so it's like um, well. I say I haven't died. I've sort of died, but I've got a heart starter. So that will bring me back to life once. And then I reached a point where I got another two. So it's like, okay, I'm sorted for a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's okay. Like, ultimately. I, I, I like its style. I wish it was a little bit more performant on the original Xbox. Like, it's... It seems it doesn't seem to be too much about what's on screen that affects the performance of the game. It's more about how big the level is and how much it's tracking hmm. at any one time. Like the more enemies in the level at one time seem to really drag the frame rate down. Because um, like you can sometimes start a level, like just be at your airlock and be in the tiniest room on the ship and it'd be struggling. Um, whereas you'll go into like the... Uh, the supermarket which is like a super tiny little room basically and it would be like yeah i'm running fine i'm running at full 60 go nuts mm. is that, do you think that's more likely to be ai or bad culling i mean probably both because <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of ai to speak of the ai really just is like casually wandering around and if they see that you see you they'll charge you mm. that's kind of how that works with, with the possible exception of the juvies that tend to sort of float around kind of randomly on the scribes that like to fire a few shots and run away everything else kind of just runs at you This is some Scottish chatter from the pirates that I don't really understand what they're talking about half the time. It's too right? Scottish. Well, it's not that it's like it's unintelligible in that sense. It's just that like, they're talking about things that I don't like. Or sometimes, like I've had a couple of bits of like law potentially at times about the world, and it's just like okay, I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't mm. know what that acronym means. 
talking about backs, whoever backs are. I don't know. <laughs> the payment mechanism? I don't know. <laughs> they talk about that at one point, and I'm like, well, that's a quite a British thing to talk about. <laughs> it still exists in space. <laughs> yeah, apparently. And pirates are VAT exempt, so that's good to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think it's pretty good, but I think it takes a bit too long to get to where it is. And if I like, um, like to actually finish uh, and to progress, like, uh, so it's better in the middle of the game. Yeah, <laughs> the start bad at the end. But the, the start's probably some of the hardest stuff because you need to get a weapon. Really, you need to get more variety in weapons, which then makes like some of the options, like the restrictions you unlock after you finish the game, a bit more weird. Like you can see it from the achievement list. It's like, oh, play the game on um, like no ordnance mode. Like we can only you can't use direct weaponry. You have to use all indirect stuff. Hmm. Or like um, there's an achievement for doing it without building anything except the essential items. Like never upgrade anything. <laughs> And it's like, I don't even know how that's possible. Like, you'd have to just avoid every enemy or be, like, super picky about where you go and, like, do ru- do scavenging runs where you only pick up, like, one item maybe and then run. <laughs> Standard roguelike procedure. You've got get- to have the weird impossible runs. Yeah, I guess. But they just they just seem so impossible. Like, like look, outside looking in, it's just, like, it's not like it's been hugely... Di- like, it's... It's roguelite in the sense that you can you can just brute your brute force your way through if you wanted to. You'd eventually earn enough materials to build the item you want in order to build the action item. You, you know the final item you need to progress the story. Mm. So you could like do it that way, or if you're after a very specific like upgrade that you can't find for a while, then you could you could just run run levels until you've got enough materials to build that thing. And you keep all of that stuff between runs. So if you die, not so much of a problem. Mm. Maybe maybe the second would be better? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, go, keep going? Yeah, it's alright. It's alright, is what I mean to say. Um, but the main thing I should probably talk about is Gears 5. Because I'm going off the boil. One of the main... Well, what else did I play? No, we'll get through it. Just go for your kill for Gears 5. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten, but... <laughs> Well, we played it. Oh, yeah, I think I know what you mean, but I haven't really gone back to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gears Five. So I'm going off the boil a bit with that. I think it's. St- the- Were you ever on the boil with it? I think Act One was fairly strong. Like Act One sort of felt like, oh yeah, this is old Gears ish a bit because you because <laughs> you were with the old team for for a lot of it, and it felt like a more traditional sort of like, oh hey, you're in the middle of an actual proper war, kind of like Gears One. Hmm. In a, in a proper city, having like and and exploring around it and things happening and more jokes, like good jokes, I suppose, <laughs> some and more set pieces and things like that and and decent uh, decent stuff. But then the pace like slows so much. It's like okay, I got to that that act two and I thought this is the open world bit, right? It's not the open world bit, as it turns out. Mm. There's like both Act Two and Act Three are almost entirely open world levels. So that means I, a good portion of this game is now in that format. Because I assume the last act will be back to regular gears. So there's four acts in this. Like, so I reckon Act Four will probably be back to the linear style. Mm. But the problem is, it just means the pace just drops immensely, and the agency is completely not there. And it's well, I think the story is not too badly done. 
like if, if that's if that's a compliment um and, you know i think there's there's some interesting stuff they're touching on here like it's it's a little bit cliched honestly and you can probably see exactly where this was going from all of their marketing material <laughs> leading up to the game but it's like how they do those sequences is actually fairly decent you know how they do the reveals how the how the writing works out how the how the the cutscenes play out and how the environments are and stuff like that it's all pretty well done um it's just like the actual the actual fighting and the minute to minute conversations just still aren't there they're still just not as interesting as the as gears 1 or gears 2 or gears 3 it's like i want the set pieces to be more interesting i, I want them to force me to like you know i've been remembering the end of act 2 from gears 1 where you've got the the fight in the stranded camp and it's like, and it's like this, like this relatively large open area, but it's forcing you to move around it as things happen. Like, okay, then now the the locust are over here. You've got to go do deal, deal with this thing. But there's actually like a fairly nice telegraphed route to sort of say you should be over here right now and things like that. In this, I feel like all of almost all of the fights are here's the one spot you're supposed to be in. Everything's going to come at you. Yeah, looked like it. <laughs> like it's it's not. It's just not that interesting, and I think like some of the uh, yeah, well, the one the one you saw me play that friggin' annoying grenade chucking nightmare in the Russian Cosmodrome or whatever. Well, not Russian, Vazgarian yeah. or I forget what they call it. Gorovnivnium. Um, I don't know. UIR. I think it's something like that. Like is, is there fake Russia? Um, yeah, that fight was just a nightmare because grenades are so damaging and they do damage way beyond their visual explosion radius. And there's not enough warning when one's coming in. Yeah, they seem just... to, for some reason, decide to abandon grenade indicators almost entirely. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm playing on experienced, which is like the third of the four difficulty levels. I suppose it's a bit like Halo's heroic mode, I mm. guess. It's, it's the one, if you read the descriptions <laughs> of the difficulty levels, it's the one the game recommends I should play. Yeah. Um, and maybe this wouldn't be quite so bad. Maybe the grenades wouldn't be quite so brutal in like normal mode. But I don't know. It just, like that that set that sequence felt completely off, even though it should have theoretically been cool. Like like why the idea sounds great, right? Like you're in a, you're in a giant centrifuge with something spinning around you, creating this barrier that things could try and walk across but sometimes won't make it and sometimes will. And it's not like, that interesting it, mode. I don't know. It, it, it should look and feel cooler than it does. It seemed like the main problem with that arena that they had you fighting in was just like the the cover just wasn't good. Yeah. Like it didn't really give you many options to move around. No. And I think a lot of the combat arenas are just a bit like that or that you're just in scenarios where there's no real opportunity to move around enough. Or if there is, it's almost entirely like, oh, hey, you should flank right now. Mm. Like, like the game will tell you, hey, you should probably do this. It's just not. I don't feel. I don't feel like the options are like are there, and this is pretty much the same problem I had with Gears Four. Like the arenas were just like almost a straight line for most of Gears Four, or the bits I remember. Mm. It's like go this way, work your way through, shoot a few guys, move forward a bit, a bit like how like the uh, the the how like COD was back in like Modern Warfare One, yeah, and stuff like that. It's like here's a shooter corridor, work your way through, make just get to a certain point so the monster closet stops spawning guys. Because that was really the trick with old gears was the emergence holes. That was the trick. That was the whole thing of that game. And in fairness, you get a few of those in Act One. 
right? The, the swarm hole or whatever is a is a thing in Act One, but I've never seen them after that. Mm. Like things like just, they just things, come through a door somewhere, yeah, <laughs> or jump out of the seat. They'll come from a ceiling, or like some juvie somewhere will scream, and all the pods around you will burst open into enemies, mm. and it's like. <sighs> You're not there yet, guys. Like, you're just not. And it's like, weirdly enough, the things I'm reading like throughout the site, there's so much praise being thrown at it. Like, like, hey, Gears Five is really is rather it, good. And it's is like, it not praise compared to Gears Four though, because it's clearly I mean, better than Gears Four. It is better than Gears Four, yeah. And I think, like, to its credit, the writing is better than Gears Four. Like, even though it's like, like Act Two and Three is focused on the the new team, mm. right? There's not a lot. And Act One is kind of a nice mix of the old and new. Uh, like like two and three, even though it's focused on the new team and it, and it suffers from being that little bit of this is what youngsters sound like, right? <laughs> yep. Hello, um, fellow kids. This, yeah, this is what this is what new people sound like, rather than the sort of ridiculous, over the top macho bravado that the the, the the original Delta was, and then which I love, and then presumably the new people take the piss out of that as well. They don't so much Aww. actually. They don't, they don't even really self refer like, like they don't even regard those teams as super badass right they don't talk about them they don't that, think they're that. good or bad they're just like this is just this is just how they are i guess which might be representative of the world they're in maybe if you're if you want to do that sort of analysis mm. but there's a certain like i don't know you know marcus was like constantly grumpy about everything but also enjoying it when he landed a headshot mm. dom was cynical about everything as well but Again, really, I think that's, that's, <laughs> they all like the shooting things. They really like shooting things. Yeah, I, I think they secretly like uh, don't want this war to be there, but they kind of enjoy what they do. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't get that feeling with this. It's like I don't know. You'd be like, uh, you know, Don would shoot someone and he'd be like, shit, yeah, and like kind of enjoy it. Whereas like Kate will kill someone and just be like, dead. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's the one left. There's the balance there. Yeah, there's no real. I don't know. It just doesn't feel as good to play as this team compared to the old team. It's like it's not. It's not quite so bad as Gears Four. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who are ragging on. Like I've I've seen a lot of hate for the new character Faz, who's like the Brit, mm. because he talks like a Brit, yep. makes jokes like a Brit, and talks quite a lot. In fairness, and it's like I don't mind that. I think he's all right. He's he's supposed to be a douchebag, like you know. He's he's written as like a character they all kind of hate, but actually they kind of like mm. to hate. <laughs> you know, I suppose like how Baird was, yeah. But uh, uh, but without the brains, <laughs> and, it's, and I've seen a lot of hate for him on like online, and he's like he's all right actually. I think he, they think the game kind of needed him, not to be useful in any way, just to be there to add. Add, a, add another dynamic to the slightly poopy conversations. <laughs> not not the ways cracking Nathan Drake guy from four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's sort of a little bit of that, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know. I, don't, I, I think these open world sections just slow the pace down too much. I don't. I don't like that. I don't feel like there's any real urgency. I'm not pushing forward for any particular. I'm investigating. I'm I'm revealing the plot slowly. I'm not going here because I have to right now necessarily. It's just like, yeah, we think this will work. I kind of. It's all very like, eh, maybe, eh. I feel like like one of the weird things that like indicates that, that how weird the open worldness of Gears Four and Five even is is just like <laughs> it still does the thing where like. 
your run is always the roadie run. Yep. Like, that's a combat run. Like, like you don't have to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's, all, it's always the roadie run, even when you're not in combat, which is, which is bizarre. You're right. That's like kind of the indication of like how these two forms of thing don't mesh very well. Well, it's always yeah, it's always. I mean, it's, I suppose it's always been that in all of sure. But then, like yeah. in the other games, you were more or less always in combat to an extent. I mean, there's certain like like don't get me wrong. Like, there is there were hugely impressive things about this game. I think the cutscenes and stuff are all incredibly well done. I think the graphics. I'm running on PC. Like not in 4K or anything like that, jazz. But I can run everything at Ultra, and it's I've only had one performance dip, and that was coming out of a cutscene into in, during, when it tr- transitioned to gameplay, hmm. and it wasn't at an important moment, so I could let it pass. Like it dropped to 30 for a while, basically, <laughs> and which is like that's okay. Um, it's a yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful thing. The detail in some places is incredible. Like the amount, just the little objects strewn about, and again, that's most impressive in Act One. When you're visiting like the cities and the towns and stuff like that, and seeing how much effort they've actually put into the environments there, it's really quite nice. And I kind of, again, this is why it's more of a bummer to me because it's like I want that feel of the game to just carry on. Yeah, I don't care about this open world. I don't. It's nice that they went in a different direction, and I think I wouldn't have minded it had they made the area like a sort of brief diversion or something like that. Like, hey, you're getting from place to place. There's some optional stuff on the way, but you're, you're still following the path, per se. Like, I think I prefer it, that rather than having the, like, traipse around, finding optional sections that I can do. Apparently, I've now done all of the optional stuff, so I assume I'm getting to the end of all of that, because okay. I got the achievement for it. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It's still still not... It's not what I'm looking for in a Gears game. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna finish it because I'm hoping to like I'm I'm invested now, right? <laughs> well, but sure, you're way far into it. I'm at least seventy five percent in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you don't stop playing games anyway. No, <laughs> you always finish it. I, I want to finish it. Yeah, I like I like that completion point of some kind. Yeah, I like having a hard stop. Uh, yeah. So the other thing, I've been dabbling with Tetris 99 still. Mm. I still think the controls are fucked. <laughs> still something uh, wrong. Uh, I, d- I don't. I feel like that's how I lose most games, is either either it drops a piece where I don't want it to be, and I'm like, ah, oh, why did you do that? That's not what I was going for. Uh, or I'll have some seemingly impossible attack that just suddenly fills my screen from nothing to everything. <laughs> and I'm like, how on earth did you do that? Most of the time, that happens at the start of a bloody game. Mm. So I'm beginning to think this may be cheaterful. <laughs> okay. It's like it just like something very unfair about how this game actually functions. And I was tempted to come on here and just say, yeah, Tetris 99 is a bad game. Like, I'm, I'm leaning more that way the more I play it. I kind of like, I kind of hate it. But it, does, it, it doesn't, it, it feels pretty good when you get to like the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just so random. There's no real way to play it. Like, I don't think it balances itself, or I, I don't feel like like if you have like four, five people attacking you at once, I don't know if you can actively defend yourself, which might make sense in like battle royale. But the other players don't know that they're all targeting one guy. Yeah, it's like, it's like the, that's kind of the pro- What was always sort of the obvious problem of Tetris battle royale was just like there's no 
there's no distinction between players. There's like you can't be like, oh, that guy has a good gun, so I'd better shoot him first. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like the, I want his gun. literally nothing. It's just Tetris. And the K- and because it's like the KO system drives the power of your attack and your defense. It's like you might not get a KO. You yeah. might not be the one to land the last hit. Yeah, because of timing. And like, if you watch, if you sit and watch all the other screens, it's not—they're not like they're perfectly real time. Mm. There's a bit of lag going on. They only show you updates every now and then of what's actually happening over there. They're not like super slick. So it's like you look like you could try and wait for it and just wait it out and be like, okay, now's my moment to strike very easily. Yeah, like you can sometimes in like one-on-one t- Tetris or PO2 P- 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 or whatever. Yeah, and even if you tried, like, I guess you're like targeting cursor would cover up most of the panel you're trying to look at anyway <laughs> yeah it's a giant icon over it if you wanted to try and look at that tiny ass panel whilst playing your own game of tetris and fighting off all these other attacks coming in yeah the one thing i have done is i've put the mario theme on it well <laughs> so i got i got a theme and uh that confused the hell out of no what like, it was just like why is that why, why does why? tetris sound like mario why is mario happening right now yeah I think they could have put more effort into that Mario theme because it's just like a static background with some music. Do you want anything interfering with your Tetris? Uh, I guess not. But like the ba- the base theme has like at least those spinning circles. Hmm. <laughs> it's like there's some animation going on. Uh, it's like I think the Mario theme actually uses like original Tetris sounds, right, for some of the drop noises and stuff, which is kind of fine. I don't mind that. They should have had an original Tetris. Theme. It's not like Game Boy Tetris either. It's not like the right Tetris noise, right? It's not like baby or whatever. It's like it sounds of that ilk, but it's not the actual Tetris noises. Mm. Maybe they like Tetris nears. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not really familiar with that version too much. I might want that Zelda theme, but. It takes quite a while to earn the tickets through dailies. Yeah. Like you can earn two a day unless you're a DLC member, and it's and sometimes the tickets are just like practically impossible for me to get. Like get T spins, and it's like I don't really understand how to do a T spin <laughs> properly. I know what it is, I just don't really know when it's useful. Yeah, <laughs> or how to actually get it to pick up as a T spin. That's sometimes the thing. It's just like like I, I'm pretty sure he did one there. I got it into a gap it wasn't supposed to get in. That's that's a T spin, right? And it goes nah. <laughs> not tetris um much happier with that sometimes yeah when it gets faster as well like the like the, the lenience if, if you're like stack is really full the bit the most annoying part is how long it takes for the block for it to consider a block has dropped so like i block my spawn at the top of the screen and just Im- almost immediately sometimes go yeah that's dropped mm. and then you die and it's like it seems to get sometimes that just feels like i had absolutely zero time to react there and it's like okay maybe that's the game but I feel like it's way harsher than other Tetrises. Mm, yeah. It just goes dink, and you're just like, well, I'm dead. <laughs> it's that noise. That, 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 this is stuck in place noise. And you're like, oh. Uh, so what was the other thing you wanted me to talk about? Well, we haven't talked about, we made a video of Creature in the Well. Which I haven't played since we did that video. <laughs> well, great. Because I not because I didn't intend to, mm. but but because Windows Store sucks. Oh well, there's that. I guess there's it tried to update, but Windows Store wouldn't update it, and went it went into like an error condition that I couldn't get rid of. Mm. So it's uh, in the end, just today, in fact, I managed to like I had to fully uninstall it in the end, fully, which means I don't know if I've lost my save game, <laughs> right? Because I don't know if it cloud saves. 
or if that's just stored somewhere on my PC. I have no idea. Well, you'd hope it at this would point because that's usually how this works. That is usually how that works. So I've had to I have had to uninstall it, reinstall it. The reinstall failed <laughs> the first time, so I reinstalled it again, which then succeeded, and it then tried to update, which failed. <laughs> So then I told it to do the update again, which then succeeded. So I think I'm okay now. <laughs> uh, the last Gears 5 was actually fairly seamless, like other than having to install ni- Windows 1903 in order to actually play the damn thing. Mm. Um, but like, like Forza 4, I had real issues with like as, as well. Um, and I can't remember. There was something else fairly recently I tried to install through Windows Store, but I think gave up on. Oh, I might have just been the new console app, actually, you right? Because they've done a new version of like command prompt. Um, yeah, I couldn't get that to bloody install. It's just, what? How is this so bad? <laughs> Everyone's too busy complaining about Epic Store when they've been complaining like, about actually, Windows Store. Yeah, again. Actually, Windows Store is is is, is awful. But everyone said that right from the start. Windows yeah, still right. It's just still, it's just still bad. It's a shame because it's actually not badly laid out. It's not terrible. To, it's kind of laid out the same way as well. Maybe that is terrible for some people. It's kind of laid out similarly to the Xbox app. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, um, kind of terrible. I mean, when you, when you you go to the full page page and it's just a big install button. It's like any kind of, I guess, mobile app store sort yeah. of layout now. Uh, so that stuff's kind of fine. There's a special bit in. If you've got the X, the new Xbox app, there's a special Game Pass section that you can just go through and be like, oh, here's everything on Game Pass right now, which is nice and easy to navigate and be like, okay, like, oh, I want that, please. That's how I discovered Creature in the Well was Game Pass. I found it there. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, sweet. I'll grab that. Yeah, Windows Store is bad. It just doesn't work. It'd be fine if it worked. It just doesn't work. <laughs> uh, yeah, Creature in the Well, I don't want to really talk about it too much here because you'll see the video next week. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, did, did have you even play it at all? Or no. no, didn't pick it up. There's a lot of things that I feel like I should have been playing recently that I haven't picked up yet. Mm. <laughs> Mainly on Switch. Lots of stuff coming out for Switch at the moment. That's sweet. But yeah, we made a video of it. What you might be tempted by Link's Awakening? Not really that one. No. That's, that's maybe the one I'm le- least tempted by of the new releases that everyone's crazy about. So you've played the original, yeah? Though, I played right? the original. Okay, original. so I, I've never played any of them, like any of the Link's Awakening versions. So, I don't know like... why people like it so much, really. No, it's kind of. I mean, the original. Well, I mean, the Link to the Past is just better, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's just the... that is the Stone Cold Classic. Yeah, right? that is just the basics of it. So if you're going to have one of those 2D old school Zelda's, you might as well play that one. Is that one on the um, is Link to the Past on the SNES game lo- loadout? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think that's one of them. So yeah, so play that. Yeah, just play that if instead. If you've got Switch Online, play that. So you know, I mean, the fancy graphics is all well and good, but that even the, like because it is basically just that game underneath. I wonder if they tighten that up because wasn't there some performance concerns? Well, people say it's better. Yeah. Okay. But that you know that game is like. It's like Link to the Past, but more basic and more weird. Like, it's kind of... I mean, I've played several of those old Game Boy Link Link games. Mm. Like, the seasons and ages and oracles and whatever. They're, like, they're all kind of similar, but it's like that very old-school Zelda style of getting items and all that stuff. 
and then they almost always have this have like the trade quest where it's like you have to ship a random item between different people and then they give you another item and then you go to another person and you do all that oh the trade the trade-ups yeah the trade-up thing they all have one of those because there's one of those in yakuza it goes (laughs) on for quite a while but it's just like it's it's a very i feel like that one specifically is is the most generic one of that like Oracle of Ages and Seasons and all those, they have their mechanics, the seasons and the ages. Whereas that one link between oh, what, what, what's Link's Awakening, Link's Awakening, that one specifically is quite is like the most generic. It doesn't really have any weird mechanics to it. I guess not. No, Link Link to the Past is the one with the Dark World. I keep getting that mixed up. Mm. Yeah, that one is just the very basic. It doesn't really do anything special. It's just that. Whereas the other later versions of that same concept have the more advanced mechanics that do interesting things. And I feel like that's what made those games better. Mm. Just that one specific thing, just the trade-up quest that's bothering me. Yeah, that, well, it's, not, <laughs> yeah. it's just that that's the only thing in that game that's like more complicated than getting the Zelda items and doing the dungeons. Okay. Oh, it, well, you mean it's, it's one side quest? Yeah, kind of. Oh. I mean, there's mini games. There's, there's more now. Isn't the there? Like, upgrades, yeah. And they've had, haven't they added quite a bit to this new version as well? Well, yeah, I guess sort of a few extra side things. Mm. But yeah, it's it's more or less a straight shot, and it doesn't feel as advanced as some of the later versions mm. of even the Game Boy games. <laughs> so you've played it once, and that's enough. But you might as well play Link to the Past. <laughs> I feel like it's got nice cutscenes. Sure. I mean, the graphics is the thing that <laughs> makes it different, I guess. And a secret ending, so, so I've heard. I don't know if that was for, like something from the original. And I, I don't even know what what could be secret about the ending of that game. Yeah. Don't know. Unless it has a like a post-credits thing or something. A <laughs> slight extension to the after the end of the game thing. Right. Maybe it's a failure state. <laughs> We don't know. We're a bird. What's what was the other Switch games you're interested in then? I you saying there's quite a lot of Switch on Switch. You should. I actually don't remember. And that's, oh, okay. that's the, that's that the trick, the, isn't it? Is that part of the problem? <laughs> that's why I haven't got into them. Because if I don't perceive them, then I don't desire them. Yeah, <laughs> I bet me wonders if Dan would be interested in Control because he's a bit of a Remedy fan, isn't he? Yeah. So generally, although he didn't play Quantum Break, mm. and this apparently plays quite a lot like Quantum Break. And also, do you want? Spooky game. <laughs> spooky game? It's not that spooky, is it? No, uh, well, medium spooky. Medium spooky. <laughs> Supposedly it's quite... What, the one ghost on the packet. It's quite SCP-inspired. Oh, really? Hmm. In parts. So, you know, if you're a fan of the SCP's foundation. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because that's, that's kind of the game of the moment, isn't it, still, really? Control? <laughs> yeah, well, the biggest one, I guess. Yeah. Biggest current one. I suppose COD comes out like next week or something. It? <laughs> yeah, right. it's coming. We're nearly yeah. in that time of the year. I mean, the COD, the COD beat has been on this weekend, but I've not actually played it. Mm. And the one word answer we got from Kippers when I asked him about it was, it's all right. Yep, that's the standard Kippers response. It's all right. <laughs> he didn't say anything else, did he? That was all he said. He just said, I should play it. And, he just said, and then followed up with, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> But I haven't actually had time to get around to it. I think it's running tomorrow, so I might actually be able to play a little bit of it for the next cast if I remember I've played it. Yeah, if you remember two weeks later to talk about it. By the time that that time the game will be out, 
<laughs> and I still won't be playing it, probably. Quite possibly. <laughs> they have apparently done crossplay this time, though. Yeah, so I hear. So I could play on PlayStation, and Kippers could be on Xbox, and we'd probably have to figure out a voice solution, some other mechanism. <laughs> Get a phone, like like the Switch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just use my PC, it's fine. Yes, it's fine. Or, or I could actually play the PC version, theoretically. Yeah, theoretically. But then have, what if they, like, have they differentiated between mouse and keyboard and controllers? I don't know. Have they? Yeah. The classic question. <laughs> I think we're past that now. <laughs> uh, are we? I think we're in the, we're in the age of the ranking system just sorts that out. <laughs> oh, right. Like, uh, if you're good enough with a controller to fight against people who are less good with keyboard, then whatever, just do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, a bit of a bummer if you're a controller player because it means you might not ever be like invited to some sort of tournament but uh, well or maybe maybe the control players are good now who knows it's all different i mean yeah it, it depends have... on the mechanics of the game depends on which one is actually better i guess yeah sure i mean just it's... just aiming good with the mouse is not necessarily the most important thing every time no true although it probably helps for a game that has headshots <laughs> but there's so much auto aim anyway especially in cod I don't know if that's true on the PC, like when you're using mouse. Well, anyway. I mean, that's the question, isn't it? That's yeah. the other part of that debate of controller versus keyboard is how whether they turn that off. I don't know if that that sort of you know remember the 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 thing from COD Four that that whole intro where it's just like left when you aim down sights, it sort of snaps to yeah. an enemy. I don't know if that's quite so much of a thing. No, I think days. they started like, getting rid of that gradually. Yeah, and I don't think it's ever really been part of multiplayer. Like it was purely a campaign mode thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> left trigger, right trigger, left trigger, right trigger. <laughs> Is that it? Have we got a cast? I guess. I feel like there was something I was about to say, but it got lost in the middle of that conversation. Okay, sounds switchy. Something, something, something in the middle of switch. Oh, yeah, it was about the the SNES library. Oh, right. I've not actually looked at that yet, actually. I, mean, I meant I- to, but I sort of thought... Nah. I went in there and oh, looked at the exact same games that I always look at. Right, <laughs> yeah. Metroid and Yoshi's Island. That's all I care about. Yeah, you know what I did, actually? That's what? quite what random. Eddie and I played through the Master System version of Bubble Bubble. Oh. From start to finish, Is because it... it has infinite continues. No, no. well, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a cheat. Well, it's not even a cheat. It's just that. That's how that game works. But it doesn't do like the Atari. The Atari thing's like closer to the arcade, right? And that you die and you use a continue, but it keeps going while you're dead. Yeah. Like the uh, the Master System version, once one player's out, like the other player can keep going until they die. Like so, what? Like it could be a one player game for a while. Oh right. <laughs> I don't actually remember. Like how far did we used to get in that thing? I don't like. We got more than half. Is we like fifties and sixties? I mean, was it was it like a boss fight at fifty on the Atari build? Like I can't because I re- don't remember it. Maybe I don't remember properly either. Because like in this version, there's a boss fight at fifty and a boss fight at hundred, and we got bad end. Yeah, as you do, <laughs> bad end. Yeah, there are some levels in that game that are like properly tricky. <laughs> well, yeah, that was what we always <laughs> just like the ones that actually require you to do bubble jumps. Yep, like just <laughs> where we always got to in the end of our Atari days of it. Yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> He was like, yeah, I used to play this all the time. He's like, well, let's, well, let's play it. <laughs> because we can. 
the SNES classic live the SNES library on Switch is fine. It's like it's that it's fine. It's exactly what you ex- hoped and expected it would be. <laughs> All the important games, or well, most of them anyway. Most of the important games that you want from the SNES. The one place where they're going to give F Zero some love. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Just wait for the N sixty four. Yeah. F Zero X. It's pretty close. It's a pretty good game. It's not quite GX, but it's pretty good. One of the greats. Yes. Yeah. Get One that, of the greats. Get that emulator on there. <laughs> I mean, at this point, why not? I suppose we've heard much in the... The rumor mill hasn't really been working for the N64 Classic, if they're going to do one of those. <laughs> Did they say they weren't going to do that, specifically? Yeah, I don't know. I suppose it would require a tiny bit more storage space. A, a tiny bit. <laughs> yeah, like, up. barely. And maybe a slightly more powerful board in there, I don't know. I think there's all pretty irrelevant scale at this point for that yeah. on the console. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure a Raspberry Pi can emulate yep. the N64 pretty well. <laughs> and that's what, like, a £40 bit of hardware. But as we always say about that, that whole situation is, like, as soon as you move out of pixel art graphics, the whole classic yeah. situation gets weird. It's not quite so appealing, <laughs> is it? Like, because like, what do you okay? What do you do? Do we have to just render it at old school resolution, or do we do like resolution uh, enhancements, like a lot of the emulators do? Yeah. In fact, like pretty much all the emulators do that, whether you ask it to or not, on the N sixty four. Which is a bit frustrating. Go back and play Hydro Thunder and not be able to see fucking anything. Yeah. <laughs> how did we ever play? Like, how did how did that ever ever make sense? Oh man, we put up with a lot <laughs> in the N sixty four era. You can't go back. It's like you can't go back to Mario Kart DS. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. The control of that game is so like not what you think it's going to be. Really odd. Floaty. Fairness is like for me to a certain extent going back and playing old wipeouts. It's like was like oh right yeah the craft controlled differently back then. I don't think it was as abrupt as Mario Kart DS though. Mario Kart DS really feels like an outlier. Like that, if you compare it, like basically being between N sixty four and Double Dash. Sure, I think even Double Dash has a different feel to it compared to. I suppose modern Mario Kart has, like, the last few iterations has kind of, like, l- nailed a feel. The last well, three well, the modern, Mario Kart the games, The modern ones feel like Double Dash. Like, it's slightly squidgy. I don't know, Double Dash was squidgier than Well, the Double Dash ones. was the most squidgy. Just because yeah, <laughs> just, just the tracks are bumpier and you're, like, you're, constantly, you're being buffeted around on a lot of them. But I think the modern Mario Kart feels that same way, with it being, it's like, it's where well, you feel it on the drifts, where it's like it's slightly squidgy and it's like it gives a bit mm. in your quartering. You're not like hard locked in as much, or whatever. I suppose, yeah. But yeah, the, with considering when Mario Kart DS came out, it was would have been after outlier. Double Dash, right? Yeah, I guess it would have been, mm. but not long after, I suppose. Actually, I don't know, when did Double, Double Dash was fairly far into the GameCube, right? Wasn't early. It's like halfway through, I think, the life cycle. Mm. 
And then, I mean, I, I was trying to think, think back to GBA Maricard, and I don't remember that well enough to remember how that compares to DS. GBA, well, no, it won't, because, like, GBA was, like, old Mario Kart style, wasn't it? It was, like, 2D Mode 7. Like, was it, like super, super, yeah, it was. Mario Kart, what was it called? Was it called Super Circuit? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember it. But, yeah, it was, it, I mean, it was still more advanced than, it was more comparable to the N64, really. Even, you think? Even on the GBA. No, I think it was like, like uh, yeah, I think it's, well, I think it's an evolution of the SNES format, but because it had like, still like coins and stuff like that. Well, sure. And like before they... So did DS. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. I think it was more of an evolution of that of that style and that graphic format, and they were just more like slightly more advanced versions of that. Like it was even, even some of the drifting and stuff felt more akin to how the SNES does it. And, Mm, I don't remember it well enough, but I still I feel like I think was... I've played it relatively recently because it just happened to be in my DS. <laughs> Naturally, I feel like it was closer to the N sixty four than SNES in terms of like its handling. The oh, but the N sixty four so slow compared to the DS, like uh, compared to the GBA one. Sure, so... but the SNES handling was weird. Like, that was real slow as well. <laughs> okay, and I guess I'll end of this podcast. We've r- ran, made a second random section at the end of this podcast yeah. somehow. <laughs> so let's that, just stop. It's not that random. It's video game related. Yeah, I guess. But it was random video games. We went off on a random tangent. Mario Kart. So let's stop and get food. So but we can. But Mario, but Mario Kart is all games. <laughs> like it outsells everything, except yeah. maybe Rockstar shot cards. <laughs> These aren't a game. <laughs> GTA is not a game. No, clearly. Be your life, yo. <laughs> Stop this podcast. End. Thank you. And I will do that. Because Thank you for joining. Have, control. have a good week. This has been two. far too long. We yeah. need to get food. See? What? You that hungry? Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> like 9.45. Well, it's it later than I thought. <laughs> right. Stop. Bye. Bye.